Welcome to my world. I'm your host, Kevin Rutherford. It is Wednesday, September 27th. We are here live. Lauren's with me. It's time for Destination Health. We're going to open the phone lines right now, so jump in. Today is all about you. We don't have any guests. I have some things I'll talk about, but uh, we'll stay here and answer all of your questions. So jump in and join us. 855-950-3835. Lauren, good morning. Good morning, Kevin. Happy Health Day. Yes. How are you this morning? Oh, I'm going through a little roller coaster of being pregnant. I'll bet. I'll bet. (laughs) Yeah, I've just um, been trying everything to flip a breech baby. Oh, and boy. I, yeah, it's, um, it's uh, not not ideal yeah. by any means because in the state of Florida, they will not allow you to deliver a breech baby naturally. You, you're going to have so, to come out to work. you can imagine. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> <laughs> I've been... I was just talking to my chiropractor this morning about what I can do. I've been going almost every day to them. I had myofascial release in my lower abdomen the other day, and I had acupuncture yesterday. I mean, I'm really trying it sounds like everything it. possible. It sounds like it. Yeah. Well, good luck. We need so, a little luck in this case. You're doing you. everything you can, so we need a little extra luck maybe. Exactly, exactly. But other than that, all is good. All right. I, um, you know, there was a post yesterday, I don't know if you saw it or not, um, about a baby being born. Did you happen to catch that one? Um, I don't think I saw that yeah, one, Yeah, no. you got to go check that one out on HealthyTribe.com. Jeremy and his wife had a baby, and they've both been keto throughout the entire time. So that's, that's always exciting to watch babies being born, knowing they're going to be raised the right way. I'm, I'm so that's, that's the one thing I'm most excited about. Yes, definitely. I agree. The, the potential. I mean, we see what happens to people after 50 years of eating the wrong way and how much we can change and how positive it is and how many good things happen. And do imagine that these, these babies are never going to have to go through that. That's incredible. That is, it truly, truly is setting them up for success, you know, for the rest of their lives. It's it's incredible that you have that power in your hands. Yeah. And kind of my theme today, I don't really have a theme, but I have a couple of things I want to talk about. It may turn into a theme. I don't know. Um, really is this idea that our world's a mess. My God, I, I, you know, I'm staying away from the news on purpose. I have been for a while now, but I have to check in once in a while. So once a week, I try to, you know, read through the headlines. I don't watch any news anymore. It takes too long. And I don't know if it's, it's almost worse. You know, I get away from it all for a week or so. And then when I read it, it almost feels overwhelming. The news is so bad, and I hate to think that way. I hate to be negative, but I have to stay informed. And I'm just shocked at, you know, three big things right now that could really, really take down our economy. And, you know, we've got the UAW strike. Um, We've got a possible government shutdown. I'm not really watching the news, so I don't know if they've gotten anywhere on that um, in the last couple of days, but we don't have much time on that. Um, and on 
um, October 1st, the people have to start paying back their student loans. Now, that's a good thing. They should have to pay back their student loans. Yeah. That would make me insane. But we have to realize I know. that we have inflation because people had too much cash in their hand, but it was false. It was because the government gave mm-hmm. it to them and the government said, you don't have to pay your rent and you don't have to pay your student loans. And it would have been nice if people would have saved that money or paid down credit card debt or their car loan, but they didn't. And we know they didn't because we can see the statistics. They went out and bought stuff and stuff was good for the economy. It was good for trucking. But we have to realize that uh, the party's over and somebody's got to pay the bill. Yep. So true. So, so true. I, um, I, I, I don't want to be so pessimistic about this, but I, I can't find any good news in the economy. I can't find anything good the government's doing that's going to fix this. Everything they're doing is going to make it worse. It's hard to figure out why they're doing it. So I, I'm back to this thing. I'm really going to spend a lot of time on things that are still in my control because it seems like so much is becoming out of our control. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So There are some things left. I mean, you still have control over your money. We can't control the economy and inflation, and that feels kind of difficult. But but we can still control our part of our finances, and we should. In health, as far as I can see, we still have complete control over our health. There's nothing the government can do at this moment to stop me from being healthy. Mm -hmm. And I just think that's... Like you said, one of the only things we can control. Yeah, it's completely in our control, and it's pretty darn important because no matter what happens, the healthier we are and the better we feel, the better our outcome will be. Yeah. All right, so off the um, serious stuff and on to something more fun. Why didn't somebody warn me about chickens? Oh, why? Did you already start messing around with the chickens? Oh, yeah. I have to take care of them every... I have to drive out there twice a day right now. Because... Oh, my gosh. Okay. The chickens are just out there by themselves. I mean, we're not... We're not moving into this property for quite a while. I mean, we've got a lot of stuff to do. We're going to be doing some construction out there. And um, it's just going to be a while. So I drive out there twice a day and take care of the chickens. Nobody warned me, though. (laughs) <laughs> I, I never knew chickens. What's going on with the chickens? I, I never knew chickens were so damn cool. I love these things already. Oh, that's so great! They, we've named them all. They follow me all over the property. I talk to them all day long. Chickens are very cool. That is pretty neat. Oh, especially I, if you're gardening, that's really great. I, I, well, it's a you know it's a big property, and I'm wandering all over the place, and that's how I garden anyway. Gardening for me is not about efficiency. I don't try to cut down my trips or get things done. It's the opposite. I, I, my gardening mm-hmm. is more like, um, oh, I really need to go stake up that one tomato plant. And on the way over there, oh, look, a new flower. And then I'm off doing something else with the flowers. And then I'll think, oh, I got to go back and stake that tomato plant. And then I'll be, oh, look, that needs weeded. And I, I just wander all over the place all day long. And now I have nine chickens following me around. <laughs> so cool. It's hilarious. <laughs> They, I, so I swear, they chickens, each have no their. Roosters, right? We don't have a rooster yet. We do have a job opening. We've got to get a okay. rooster. I've had lots of offers, okay. but they're from all around the country. 
and I don't think I need to ship a rooster. I'm sure there are plenty of them around here somewhere. Yeah. So I've been putting the word out. Okay. I, I had to go to the feed store the other day, so I let them know. And they said there's always roosters around somewhere. So um, eventually we'll get a rooster. We've named all the chickens. I swear they have their own personalities already. I can see it. <laughs> That's so cool. Yeah. That's a lot of new pets all in one shot. It shop. is a lot of new pets. <laughs> And I'll tell you, um, this time of year, nine chickens put out an awful lot of eggs. They're just little egg-laying oh, machines. Oh, I bet. Yeah. <laughs> I'm giving everybody eggs. Wow. Here, take eggs. <laughs> <laughs> That's so great. Yeah. Oh, you're going to have to get real creative with some recipes. Well, I, I right now, and I, I just made a batch yesterday, and I've improved the recipe. So I took Bulletproof's ice cream recipe. I talked about it a week or so ago, and I'm working on it. And, yeah. and I've made some significant improvements to it. And the cool thing about it is it takes eight eggs to make a batch of ice cream. Oh, perfect. Yeah. That's great. Now, here's something Another else. Another thing that I think of is... Uh... I need to yeah. throw this out there because we have a lot of people that are familiar with chickens and eggs. And so I've been eating true pastured eggs for like the last nine years. That's all I eat. I, I haven't eaten a store-bought, you know, conventionally raised egg in eight or nine years. And I've gotten mm -hmm. eggs from all kinds of sources, like Vital Farms. If I have to buy it from the store, I usually look for Vital Farms. There's a couple other brands that I know are true pastured. I get them locally. I have a neighbor that, you know, when she's got too many eggs, I get some from her. I have a friend who's got ducks, so I get duck eggs. I've gotten eggs from all over the place. And we've all seen the difference between a conventional egg and a pastured egg, right? It's the, the yolk is nice, deep orange. It's not pale yellow. It stands up nice and tall. They taste better. We, we know all those things. And I've experienced it many times, except these eggs are different. And I'm, I, I think I might know why, but I'm not sure. Mm -hmm. The color of these eggs almost doesn't look real. It is deepest brightest orange i made scrambled eggs and i thought those don't look real the color's too weird <laughs> and I, like i said i've had lots yeah. of pastured eggs and i know the yolk gets dark orange and all that but these these so i'm wondering what what is it you know that if we give them a supplemental feed it's totally organic i, I doubt that that's everybody probably uses it. it it's a big you know it's made for laying chickens and it's organic and um, so I'm thinking that that's probably not it. You would see this more often. So I'm thinking maybe it's just something on the farm they're eating. Um, cause they're completely yeah, free range. I mean, they, they could leave once we let them out in the morning, they come out of the pen, they can go anywhere they want. Um, and the one thing I noticed inside, so they, there's the coop and then there's a, an enclosed pen for them. So when the coop door opens, they can come out and they can roam around in that pen. And then sometime during the day, I have a little corner of the pen. I just pull up the fence and they can crawl out and then they get out and they can go do their thing all day and go back in whenever they want. In that enclosure, the grapevines are growing over into the enclosure and every morning oh. they tear out that door and go look for all the grapes that fell. Oh, and they're eating and what, some, what color are those grapes? Are they they're red? So, 
well, we've got several. We've got some white grapes, we've got some blush grapes, and then we have these deep, deep purple, like Concord grapes. I think they're muscadine. Um, they're a winemaking grape, okay. but, and they're deep color, and the flavor is. I, they don't really make a good table grape. The flavor is almost too strong on them. I actually like them, but only a, yeah, a couple here and there. Um, the chickens go nuts over them. And every morning they run out and they eat all the grapes that fell. And I'm wondering if that's what's causing the color. Oh, I bet it is. Because I know that Dan Barber, I don't know if you're familiar, um, he has a farm on uh, somewhere in like the Hudson, like the, you know, north, northern New York somewhere. And he he plays around with different heirlooms and chickens and things like that. And he was feeding the chicken, I want to say it was spicy peppers, because they just had <laughs> so many peppers right. that they were like, what are we going to do with these peppers? So they started feeding it to the chicken. And the yolks were like orange and red swirled. It was incredible. If you've ever seen wow. his uh, episode on Jeff's table, it's really, really cool. And um, yeah, so... I know that what they eat can definitely affect it. And I've also heard, which I was really disappointed, was um, there's a brand that I used to buy their eggs in the grocery store when I, you know, when I was there. Yeah. And they started feeding their chickens something to enhance the yolk, the, the yolk color. But they didn't tell anybody. So I was thinking, well, that's just not being transparent. And then I just kind of frowned upon the company because, you know, and one of the tribe members picked up on it. And that's where I actually found out. And I looked into Uh, it and they were right. Surely they're feeding them something that, you know, and and go ahead. Yeah. Do you know that that the salmon you buy in the store, the Atlantic salmon, if they they Mm -hmm. put an additive in their food to make them salmon colored? If they didn't put the additive oh. in the food, those fish would be like gray brown. Oh, because salmon. <laughs> they the, the salmon in the wild get that natural salmon color from like some of the shrimp and crustaceans that they eat. It's mm. a regular part of that their would diet. Make sense. Right. And that's why they're that color. But when they start farming them and they're not feeding them natural, they're feeding them a, a manufactured feed. They end up being this mm-hmm. horrible gray color, and they have to put something in the feed for that color at the store. Isn't that awful? Oh, that is awful. Yeah, I've, I've seen them. I've seen something that they were actually dyeing the the meat as well, like the fillet. Oh, oh, but yeah, oh, but real quick, since you mentioned salmon, did you see that in Austria they are currently selling three D printed? Vegan salmon. I, you know, supermarket. I, I did see that, and I swear every time I see it, I think it's satire. It can't be real, but I, I guess it is. But I, oh, I oh. guess it is. It has to be New I know. York Post. I know. Oh, that's it's just like, what are they making this out of? <laughs> yeah, and who would I, eat that? <laughs> I, that's the yeah. Who would eat this? My God! You know, we we yeah. do not try to. You know, people who eat meat don't try to make their their meat look like vegetables ever. Why do the people that that say they want to eat just vegetables <laughs> want to make it look and taste like meat? And it never will. Yeah. No, it never will. That's oh, so it, awful. that one really grossed me out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It so. Is. 
I, I, you know, I don't want to constantly talk about this property, but there's some things that have happened and I swear it's almost like divine intervention. I don't want to get too weird about this, but I've learned more. Well, I've learned a lot more <laughs> about the property and I've learned more about the story. So first off the property, um, when you go out there, it's a, it's a beautiful place. I mean, you realize as soon as you walk in, you're in the national forest, there's these huge, you know, evergreens, Doug firs and blue spruce and I mean, 100, 120 feet. And then there's this big opening, you know, right in the middle. And it's, it's very cool. But the part of the property is surrounded with those trees and the houses back in the trees. What I didn't realize was the landscaping itself. I talked about the gardens. There's two gardens, uh, two separate gardens, They're both fenced off because the elk are and I, I've met the elk herd now. Uh, they're, oh, cool. <laughs> yeah, um, they're, they could be very destructive to the gardens. They, he had, you know, fairly good-sized fences. They'll jump right over them. So now we've got electric. I know I'm going to get zapped. It's just a matter of time. Constantly working around these fences, and I, I should turn them off during the day, and I forget. And then yeah, I was working over there yesterday and almost got zapped. I know it's going to happen. And then, oh, it's going to happen for sure. <laughs> so I, I was really looking at like the beauty of the gardens and, and they're so well done and with trellising and just all kinds of stuff and pathways. And, um, but I've really been able to pay attention to the rest of the property around the back of the house. It is like an arboretum, the landscaping. At first, you just think it's just really natural and, and it's beautiful. But the more I look, the more I realize that this isn't, this has been planted over the last 40 years and it's just incredible what's there one of the things i'm really excited about so i grew up in northeast ohio um a lot of people might not know mm -hmm. but the cuyahoga valley uh cleveland you know the the river caught on fire once it was so polluted um but the cuyahoga valley is a beautiful part of the country really is uh, and i grew up like 30 minutes from there the fall colors in the Cuyahoga Valley, almost rival like upstate New York. It's that close, really beautiful. So one of the things I miss as I've moved around the country is you don't get those kind of colors in most parts of the country. And here we don't. It, it's evergreen, which is beautiful. It, it stays nice and green. And we have some native deciduous trees that turn like bright yellow. So our fall colors are dark green and bright yellow. It's about all we get naturally. Um, you'll okay. find landscaped areas where they've added maples and things like that, that turn that, those deep reds. Um, and that's what she did on this property. There's some really, in lots of different species of maple and, but she's got them all throughout the property and they are turning this bright red now. And there's a bunch of, uh, oh, what is it? It's not, uh. Oh, I'll think of the plant here in a minute. It's it's almost like uh, it grows kind of sort of like a wild hedge and it's turning bright yellow. Then you've got all the deep green that's still there. So the colors are just going to be amazing. The irrigation system, I've never seen anything like it outside of an arboretum, like misters everywhere. Mm -hmm. This is the most complicated <laughs> irrigation system I have ever seen. It's incredible. Um, and I've got to get it shut down. I've got to get it all drained for the winter. I've got to do that here soon. I'm just trying to figure the whole thing out first. Uh, so that that's, you know, I'm looking around and I'm like, this is just incredible. This 
you know, it's like an arboretum. And then I look out into the field yesterday and I'm like, maybe it's more like a nature preserve because the elk herd showed up and they're just out there laying in the field. And I've been talking about there's a flock of turkeys and I kept trying to figure out how many were in the flock. And I kept coming up with a different number when I would see them. And I see them every day. They spend a lot of time just wandering around the property. And they'll come within 20 feet of me while I'm working. People don't bother them at all, it seems like. And that's unusual for turkeys. Um, Well, it turns out there's at least two flocks. I saw them both together yesterday. That's why I couldn't get the count right. Because every time I saw it, it was a different flock. So I saw both of them yesterday. There's one with 11 and one with eight. And I think I counted nine one day. So I'm wondering if there might be three. I don't know. There's turkeys all over the place. Um, We have a couple um, does, a couple mule deer with uh, one has one fawn and one has two. So I'm like, I don't know if this place is more like an arboretum or a nature preserve, but it's just incredible. Wow. It sounds incredible. Then I actually oh, got the rest of the story on this deal and, and something, I, you know, I don't want to get too weird, but something kind of magical happened. I, you know, I talked about the fact that we knew there was another offer and the offer was higher than ours. Mm-hmm. And it was weird. The property had no offers for 36 days. Then we found it. And I talked about, it. I don't know how we missed it to begin with, because we watched this stuff close. When we found it, it hadn't had any offers yet. And there were a lot of viewings. So we put our offer in and then immediately we heard there was another offer. And Mm. and then we found out the other offer was higher, but they were countering ours. And and we went through that whole process and we ended up with it. And I, I, yesterday when I went out to the property, I met the, the listing agent. We never met or talked to the listing agent because we used a buyer's agent. So we had no contact with, the, the realtor who listed it. And when I went, when I got out there yesterday, okay. he was on the property and he was taking down the sign and he, he said, boy, I'm so glad you're here. He said, I, I, you know, was disappointed when I got here and nobody was here. Um, and he started telling me about this property and he, he's lived in the gorge for 78 years. Uh, and he's been selling real estate in the gorge for 30 and he said, I will tell you right now, there is not another property like this anywhere in the gorge. And I said, I kind of thought so. Uh-huh. It's why we, we weren't really in the market, but we decided to, to jump and make an offer. And he said, yeah, about the offer, he said, you know, normally we don't share this kind of information. He said, but the deal's over. And, and he said, I, I, I've almost never seen anything like this. And I've just got to show you. Um, the more I learn about the family that owned this, the more I, I'm just blown away by how special these people were. Uh, The other Mm -hmm. offer, all we knew was there was a higher offer and they were going to counter under that offer to us. So we knew they were selling us the property less than than one of their offers, which that was pretty incredible as it was. Mm -hmm. But I found out how much. I'm blown away. The other offer was $80,000 higher. Wow. And they took ours. They could have walked away with $80,000 more cash. Unreal. He said when, when he said before we even put our offer in, 
after we saw it, the, we went out there three times and we met with the, the owners all three times and spent time with them before we put the offer in they had told the realtor, we really hope they make an offer and whatever their offer is, we want to make this work. We want them to have the property. And we hadn't put an offer in yet. Wow. <laughs> That's really special, Kevin. That means it's, that it was, I, it, just, it, it was meant to be. It, it's crazy. I mean, it really is. Yeah, it really is. So, so cool. I know. So now I have to decide. We have some phone calls. I should probably get to them. I might save this topic. You know, I did, uh, every year I do a rant about Truck Driver Appreciation Week and what I think about it, and it's bullshit. And I've been doing it for years and years. I think I started doing it the first year I was on the air, so that would have been 07. Um, it was sometime shortly after that I started doing it. I do it every year. This year I ended up doing it early by mistake. I saw an ad for Truck Driver Appreciation Week, and I just assumed it was like that week or the next week, and I did my rant, and then I realized they were running ads like a month early. So when it came time for the week itself, and I was getting ready to redo my rant, I noticed something different this time. I, I, like I said, I've been doing it for years and years. <laughs> it gets very little attention. Uh, this year, all of a sudden, and maybe it was because I did it early, I don't know. As, it, mm -hmm. as the week was were leading up to the week, I started reading articles on uh, several trucking magazines questioning Truck Driver Appreciation Week. Not, not promoting it, oh. questioning it. And there was enough of it. Huh. Yeah, there was enough of it that I thought, ah, I'm not even going to bother doing my rant this year. Maybe this is actually catching on. Wow. So now I need a new rant, and I have one. <laughs> Yeah, let's hear it. <laughs> I, I am going to, I'm going to start a campaign to eliminate Thanksgiving as a holiday. Okay. It's a really Why stupid holiday. What is the point of, I mean, it's right in the name. What is the point of the holiday? It's right in the name. Thanksgiving, right? Yeah. It have, most of us have forgotten what it's all about, like most of our holidays. Now they're just a chance to get a day off and drink too much and eat bad food and all that stuff. And we forget what the original intent of the holiday was. The original intent was to give thanks. And it, it was to give thanks to this amazing country that we found. And we got away from political oppression. And uh, that's what it's about. And that's a wonderful thing, except do we really want a holiday that says, hey, stop what you're doing for one day out of 365 and try to be grateful, and nobody even bothers to do that anymore? Yeah. So, I mean, I, it depends on who you are, though. I, well, you know, I, I talk about a, a, a gratitude practice. You know, I try to do it every day, twice a day. Yeah. I really try to be grateful for, yeah. you know, the little things, the big things, everything. We're, all of us have something to be grateful for. And, and I've learned that if, if you want better outcomes in life, you first have to be grateful for what you already have. And, and the holiday was to kind of be grateful for we were given with this country, the bounty and the resources. And, and, you know, we, we've forgotten that. And really, we should be grateful all of the time. So I, I don't like a holiday that makes it a point to be grateful one day and then everybody forgets about it for the rest of the year. 
Yeah. I think it should okay. go. We'll see. Well, I'm I enjoy getting together with family. I, I, <laughs> I do too. When, when, but again, I mean, let's, let's think about it. Maybe we should just do more of that without a reason. I agree. We should. Yeah, Definitely. it's almost like when we give ourselves these days, then it's the only time we do those things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, should... I mean, I agree with you that it should be a daily thing. And I think the best times to do it are, like, even if you can do it before you open your eyes in the morning, I think that is the best way to start your day. Yes. And then I believe that it's great to say, like, a you know, like a grace before dinner because it puts you in a parasympathetic state. Mm-hmm. You know, I believe in, you know, sitting with the people that you're closest with when you are eating dinner. So if you have family, that would be wonderful. And just to take a moment to also just have so much gratitude, you know? So I, those are my favorite times of the day yeah. to be grateful, but I agree I like that. that not enough people are doing it on a regular. Yeah. yeah. I like that. All right. I had some other things. Um, this is kind of a big topic, like how do we save capitalism? I should probably save that for another day. Yeah, that's... That might be a little deep. That's a real tough one. I know. (laughs) I know. I've got some ideas, so maybe I'll work on that theme and we'll do that another day because we've got some calls. We're going to... uh, We're going to go to them right now. Let's go to Colorado. Doug, welcome. Hi, Kevin. Hi, Lauren. How are you guys today? Good. What's on your mind? I like hearing about your property. The... uh, the chickens, uh, um, I wouldn't worry about the rooster. Uh, then you just got to either check your eggs or not worry about your eggs when you're getting them. But, yeah, your guinea hens will be your guard. Yeah. Right? I, yeah. So the, it may end up being the guinea hens. We'll, we'll see. Um, we may get a rooster first. I don't know. We'll we'll, uh, we'll figure it out. <laughs> but uh, I, I just, uh, the whole chicken thing kind of took me by surprise. I've heard a lot of people say they're just dumb, dirty birds. And, and I'm like, that's not what I see. They seem fairly intelligent for birds. I'm kind of impressed by them. Yeah, when they're out and uh, running around eating all the bugs and especially, uh, you know, you got a lot of like, the, do they eat the, the ticks? I don't know about your country. You know, we do have ticks, but this year I have not seen any. Like I haven't seen any in on our oh. property around here. I haven't seen any out on the farm at all. Um, so I, I don't know that the tick issue was, was any big deal this year. I, I would assume that the chickens will eat ticks because they eat everything. That's the other thing I'm shocked about chickens. They eat everything. Um, the routine already, yeah. and and this is probably why they follow me around all day. I want to think that it's, that they like me, but um, the routine is when I, when I get there in the morning and I let them out of the pen, the, the door opens automatically on the coop. I got to work on that though, and it's a weird system of water pressure and barometric pressure and it doesn't use any power and uh, it does require some tweaking and some re-engineering so i gotta go do that today but when i let them out of the pen the routine has already become everybody gets a handful of mealworms and boy, do they love those things. My God, it's like crack for them. Um, and then when they're done with the mealworms, I go find them a treat out of the garden because there's so much produce growing in there. I, I give away so much food. Now I have two gardens. 
can't, we're, the food bank's going to get a ton of food here in the next couple of weeks. Uh, but I take something out of the garden, an acorn squash or whatever. I find cucumbers, um, tomatoes, and I just toss them something from the garden. And I've never seen things eat like these chickens. They get excited about everything. <laughs> yes. Well, my question is on uh, um, for you and Lauren is on the. My wife had a kind of an emergency hysterectomy. They took tubes, ovaries, uh, um, uterus, the whole year. There was a fibrous growth, okay. and uh, so now we're looking at uh, um, what direction. We very clean. Um, matter of fact, I just got done with uh, fresh elk bone broth. Oh, nice. Um, rendered my own fat. Um, I'm the one that rubs the fat on my boot. Oh, yeah. There you go. <laughs> right? Because <laughs> the last caller was interested me for a minute. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> or, <laughs> or the previous caller last time. But, uh, yeah. So, um, we do eat clean. Good. Um, very carnivore, occasional vegetables. Uh, if we do, I got a, a broccoli, uh, chili, mayonnaise, Parmesan cheese that uh, I just roast the oh, broccoli yeah. over a nut. If we do, that's kind of, that that's kind of our deal. And, yeah. Oh, my God. That's oh, it is so good. Um, uh, ferment, um, not real good on the fermenting. Cabbage is the main thing I do. Okay. Uh, we make uh, like uh, uh, instead of uh, fish tacos, we do fish bowls. Yes. And I nice. take fermented ginger, honey, and mayonnaise and pepper with our fermented uh, 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 sauerkraut. Wow. Store bought sauerkraut when I run out. I, doesn't work so good, but the fermented ginger and the honey, uh, about a spoonful of that the coleslaw, mayonnaise, and pepper, and then grill fish, whatever, oh, whatever nice. fish and put yeah. it on top. And it is, it is, uh, it's a fish taco. Well, you're creative um, in the kitchen. I love but, that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The fermented ginger, we do everything with spoonful of that. Isn't uh, that amazing? Ginger, a little bit of the honey on, uh, on, on, uh, with cinnamon in the yogurt. Oh yeah. Is that is a, that is an every night oh, dish. That, and then, that sounds good. Uh, yeah. So my so I didn't know what I don't remember what was the name, Lauren, that of the yogurt that you were doing, and is that something that I should change to for Lisa with the hysterectomy? No, not for the hysterectomy. What you what you know the El Ruderi is probably the best one, unless Kevin would, has. No, I would agree. Another one. I would agree because because yeah. we're really talking about a, a hormone balancing here. Um, what Lauren's taken during pregnancy is B infantis. It, it is designed for the pregnancy and the baby, and um, it, it really helps with that. But what your wife's dealing with is going to be trying to keep hormones balanced without all of our parts, and and the L ruteri with the testosterone and the um, oxytocin, um, that would be the way to go. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I didn't know if uh, um, the L ruteri actually helped with estrogen, or that was more of a testosterone. Well, it thing. is. A, that was another question. The, the the hormones are all balancing, and that's part of the reason it's so difficult. That that you, I. I 
I believe we're not smart enough to balance hormones. That's why I don't really believe in hormone therapy or, or even bioidentical hormone therapy. I just think that we don't even understand what's happening with, with a lot of these processes. So I, I try to keep, you know, the hormone balancing supplements as simple as possible and, and just give the body the right nutrients and what it needs to balance its own. So as the body is producing testosterone, that's balancing estrogen. And what we tend to find across the board in both men and women is the standard American diet seems to suppress testosterone and increase estrogen. That's why we end up with soy boys and we end up with women who are all out of balance all the time. It seems to be that, and, and Lauren, would you agree with this? It, it seems like we need, almost everybody needs more testosterone and less estrogen. Yes, I agree with that. But the main kind of um, hormone that goes along with estrogen is really progesterone more yes. than testosterone. And that's where there's typically a huge, huge imbalance is that when, when if, it, if a doctor does prescribe estrogen, if they're not also prescribing testosterone, then you want to see a different doctor because there is so much evidence that shows that, first of all, progesterone, increasing progesterone is not nearly as, um, and I don't want to use the word dangerous, but for lack of a better word, you do get into more, um, you know, danger when you are increasing estrogen but not nearly as much as progesterone. Progesterone, a lot of people can take that and not have any negative side effects. You know, they actually benefit from it a lot. So much so that a chiropractor, you know, chiropractors are known to to recommend and uh, prescribe progesterone as a cream. And so that's where you really want to, you know, I what I recommend is finding a functional doctor who understands hormones because... Like Kevin said, there's so much that we don't know. Yeah, there's just so much that we don't know. Um, I read a lot about it, you know, to try to help clients as much as I can. But I'm typically referring out to, you know, different doctors who write about it or podcast about it. Um, But that that's really your best bet because a hysterectomy is it's, it's a serious procedure, and you're losing the ability to create your own hormones. So you really want to work with um, a functional doctor, you know, to make sure that things are balanced properly. I agree. Okay. You just gave me some hints on how to, uh, you know, which ones to look for and stuff like that. Now I've gone through three of them uh, in in my area. Um, One, Mm. all he wanted to do was blood work, blood work and supplement, supplement. He just, (laughs) his whole store, his whole wall was nothing but pills. And, uh, so I uh, kept trying to tell him, no, you know, I don't, re- you know, I don't, I understand from listening to you and Kevin for so long on supplements of boost. It's a boost and get off. It's a, it, it's, yeah. a it's a front load. It, yeah. And you know, the, the, and, the, the name tells us what it to us supplement. It, it's not, you know, we, we use it to get nutrients that we're having a hard time getting in our diet. I mean, that's, that's our whole point to supplement and if we can if we can do things without supplements we would rather right definitely and the next one uh heard that uh vegan was uh was was pretty good so she was gonna go vegan uh (laughs) give up on her 
Um, and I forget what the third one, the problem with the third one. And I just went, I can't find one. I, I just, it, I cannot find one. You know, there's problems getting area. worse I, instead of better. And, and the problem is, and the reason it's getting worse, more and more people are getting into it. They're, they're seeing there's a market there. Um, and there's just a, more and more people, which makes it harder to find the really good ones. Uh, you asked for some tips. I think you're probably on the right track yourself. Uh, well, no, I do have a tip. I, I would probably stop looking local. I would do kind of what Lauren was suggesting is you can find these people on social media. And Lauren, you may have some names already. Um, when you see yeah, somebody who is constantly posting videos and articles about this issue, then you know that's their thing. Now, it doesn't mean they're going to be good, but it's another oh, step. It's better than just a practitioner right. who says, oh, yeah, I, I know about hormones. No, I want somebody who every time I log into their site or their YouTube channel, it's what they're talking about is hormones. Exactly. Okay. Someone That's perfect. Specifically is, yeah, it's is like dealing with their hormones. Thing. Female hormones. Like, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's all they do. <laughs> And there are That's... people that do that. And I will, I'm looking a couple up right now, so I will mention the name. But I and, think my oh, top you. one is Sarah, Sarah Gottfried. Yes, I'm familiar with Sarah. She's one. Yep. Yep. She's definitely one of the top. Um, that's where I would start. And then she may even have a podcast. You know, sometimes that's really Hey, hey Lauren. Mm-hmm. If yeah. you could do me a favor while we're thinking about this and while we're talking, um, send that message to the team about getting her on the show. Okay, great. Yeah, let's do that. We'll do. Great. Um, so on the, uh, in the follow-up, and I'm sure the, the uh, either medical doctor is uh, uh, on the follow-up going to start suggesting, you know, uh, estrogen pills or some kind of therapy deal what questions do i need to or does my wife need what where what is there a direction i need to ask or a question that i need to ask or a direction that i need to go at that next at this follow-up appointment the surgery was last was wednesday oh it was just okay so this is all new yeah yeah this was a this was a last minute I kind of have an opinion about this, and it might, Lauren, you might have a different opinion. I, I know. I, I'm almost thinking it's it's really difficult to convey all the questions, and then if they answer like this, what should the follow up be? I, I think if you if you take the approach we just talked about, where you're using somebody who this is their thing, then part of the issue I have is if I knew the right questions and the right answers, I probably wouldn't have to refer you to them. So at some point, we it's almost like we have to trust somebody because I don't know enough to say whether they're right or wrong. So if we stick with somebody who really focuses on this, I think we have a much better chance of getting good results. And, and I don't know that I would even know all the right questions to ask. Okay. That you're, you're right, and that 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 is the direction. That that was that's an answer. That's my direction. I'll uh, follow up. Maybe start poking around. Try Sarah, and uh, just 
get a phone consultation and just talk to her. So yeah, have my wife yeah, and I, follow up. With I have there's there's a book that is really helpful for for women. Um, it's not specifically about hysterectomies, but they definitely talk about hysterectomies. It's two books actually, and the books are called "What Your Doctor May Not Tell You About Premenopause" and "What Your Doctor May Not Tell You About Menopause." And it's an older; these are both older books, but they are, you know, it, everything that is in them still rings very true today. And in the book, it says that the after effects of hysterectomy are frequently, um, you know, they're, they're played down by physicians. But just so she does know that fatigue, depression, headaches, heart palpitations, mood swings, hair loss, loss of sex drive, vaginal dryness, all these things are symptoms. So don't totally freak out since she already has had the procedure. But another book that they mentioned within this book is called The Hysterectomy Hoax by Dr. West. So maybe I don't have that one, but it references it here. So maybe that's something that may have some clinical pearls in there that could potentially help help her, um, you know, down that path, like asking the right questions and finding the right physician and things like that. Great. Thank you. I uh, got all that written down, so I will uh, that's awesome. Thank you very much. Um, Absolutely. And I have a, have another question. So I, uh, like when I do my bone broth and uh, with all the medicine, and she's allergic to all the pain medicine, uh, like in the hospital, everything, all the, the morphine, uh, all any, any of the pain pills, they ended up to get her pain under control, gave her a shot of fentanyl. Mm-hmm. And that was one shot, and, and I we're we're both going okay. No more of that. <laughs> they stop, <laughs> and uh, she's been able to control the pain with with some Tylenol. Okay. And so we have been uh, yogurt, coleslaw, or the the sauerkraut, um, and the bone broth, uh, two two cups, good, uh, big cups, good. Uh, you know, twice a day, and my bone broth, I. Uh, it's elk. I re- nice. I smoke the bones. Um, I I right. you know very minimal ingredients. There's a, a onion, water, um, some uh, natural chicken broth. Um, um, I forget sodium free, all that. Um, and a natural like a like the um, it doesn't matter. But anyhow. <laughs> okay. Um, that goes in there and the roast bones and then I get the knuckles, uh, as much cartilage, uh, especially off the hind, the hind legs when we, when we debone. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, that's 30 hours and then I run it all through the strainer, get the peppercorns out. Um, and then the bones, I take them apart. Uh, I'm pulling cartilage. I'm, I mean, everything, the bones are just, they're, um, the, the bone marrow, we usually take one piece of bone marrow and fry that just for us, and then the rest go in the pot for the for the broth. Yeah, good. <laughs> but that, that that elk marrow is just unbelievable. Yeah, it is. But my question is: is I take all I take all of that, and it's very chunky and all that stuff, and I run it through the blender, and then I'll add a scoop of uh, um, some collagen some, you know, collagen powder just to boost that collagen a little bit more. And uh, my question is, well, like when we're making a yogurt, you do not use the blender with the whey. You stir that in, you know. Right. Am I damaging it? 
at all by running it through the blender? Well, even if you are, I mean, you're not damaging anything in a way that would hurt you. I don't think there's any issues there. Um, If you're maybe damaging some nutrition, and and I kind of doubt it, uh, well, so what? Because if you weren't doing this, you wouldn't be getting the extra nutrition anyway. So I I don't see any downside to this. Okay. Okay. Because when I'm done, it's it's cream colored. Yeah. It's it's, uh, when it comes out of the fridge, you can turn it upside down. I'll bet. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, oh my bad. God, that yeah. is that's, unbelievable. That sounds like pretty nutrient said, dense to me. Yeah. Like you said, with your tomato sauce, you wouldn't uh, sell a jar for 30 bucks. I wouldn't. Uh, yeah. uh, exactly. It's pretty unlimited. You, when I, you think of. I get 10 jars. Yeah, when you think of all of the work it took you to create that, you, you went out traipsing through the woods to shoot the animal first. That's a lot of work. Um, processing an elk is a lot of work. That's all before you even start making the bone broth. So, yeah, I, I get it. That that stuff becomes like liquid gold. Yeah, my uh, my hunt partners all get it. They uh you know, they're getting elk, they're getting uh, liver and heart. And now, now I'm sitting there because I've always throw the esophagus out, but not now. Now I need to save the esophagus. Yeah. So I, uh, I'm going to, uh, yeah, I didn't even, never even thought of it. I, I, you know, I and uh, that's a tool either. when we're eviscerating. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, so but, now I'm saving that too, but. Yeah, we, um, we have to believe yeah, so, that, that. Our hunter-gatherer ancestors did not waste a single part of that animal. Yeah, right. I agree. They did something right. I with everything. Made a water bag out of the <laughs> Let us know when you do. <laughs> You'll probably hear me gagging when I get to that part. <laughs> I think I can do it. I, I can. I can. Um, I can eat menudo, so I think I'd be all right. I love menudo. Well, see, yeah. there you go. Yeah, you'll be fine. Yeah. So, I um, two more questions. One, thyroid. Thyroid. So, Lisa is also on uh, um, liver level thyroxin. Yep. And we've been it, eating clean for four <laughs> years, five years. Been strict, strict for the last three. Uh, carnivore for the last two. Still testing for the the thyroid, and it's not it's like it's not going away. We're not well, we're wait, not beating it, that. So you're just looking at lab numbers, oh. though, right? Lab numbers. Yeah. So what what would occur if she just stopped taking it? I have no idea. That's what I'd try. I don't know. So what was the, the original symptom the that they they? Well, yeah, and and we don't know how. I mean, both thyroid and, you know, we're, we're dealing with hormones again. Um, you know, the thyroid, yeah. right. it's, this is like the master hormone system we've got going on. So we're, we're really talking about the same. We just have a new issue. But what was the original symptom? Why was she put on the drug in the first place? Uh, extreme thirst. Tired and what? Joint pain. Yeah, well, see, I, 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 think, all that, I, I believe mm-hmm. that the diet would have fixed all of those things uh, or diet and some it tweaking has. with supplements later on. So 
I think it's very possible the drug is now doing nothing or may even be causing some problems. We, you may just find good results from just not taking it. Okay. She said she's going to do that. Uh, and that was my question because I'm worried about thyroid cancer, colon cancer. I forget the other cancer that liver thyroxin is high in. Correct. Right. Yeah. We, we, this is another reason why I don't want to be messing with hormones. Not unnaturally. I, w- yeah. I want to try to manage hormones as naturally as we can. You know, bioidentical is one step, but I-, I would rather figure out how to get hormones balanced with diet and lifestyle because I, I just, the, the solutions okay. around hormones never seem all that great to me. And then you do have these side effects. And I, I have a feeling that, that that drug is just not necessary for her at all anymore. That's what kind of what she's. And, and, and look, here, here's the thing. It, like when, you, when you quit, <laughs> you'll be watching for those symptoms again. If you even notice they're starting to come back just a little bit, call us. And, and we'll work on some okay. other ways of maybe addressing that. But it's really possible you may quit this and find out you feel better. Right, right, right. That. And I was trying to find the podcast. You had mentioned it in a couple podcasts quite a while ago on uh, carbohydrates and cancers. Which which ones kind of are direct effect? And I believe um, thyroid was was one of them. Colon was one of them. And I think you said you had mentioned breast cancer was another sugar carb driven cancer. Is that, am I right? Well, to be a yes and no. This is hard to say because every different form of cancer is different. We, we talk about cancer as though it's one thing and, and it's really not mm-hmm. there. Even in breast cancer, there, there are more than one ways of having breast cancer. So what we do yeah. know is there are some specific cancers that feed on sugars and there are some cancers that don't. Um, so I, I think there's two okay. effects by getting healthy on cancer. One, when we get all the sugar and carbohydrates out of the diet, that really helps eliminate those sugar-driven cancers. I also think that we now understand that cancer is really no different than any other. It's It's a metabolic disease, and it's controlled by our immune system. And I don't, we never really believed that. We, we didn't believe that our own body can defeat cancer, and it does it every day. So as we strengthen our immune system, we see much less cancer. And I think there's, we have some proof now that when you start messing with people's immune system with drugs, like immunosuppressing drugs and the vaccine that really messes with our immune system, now we're seeing things like they're calling them turbo cancers because they happen so fast. Yeah. And I believe that's because we have really messed with our immune system. Gosh, that makes sense. That makes sense. Because well, breast cancer is still... Go ahead. Sorry, estrogen as well can really, really drive cancer, especially breast cancer. And when you're dealing with estrogen and, you know, Kevin that says this, you know, Quite often, we, we are just surrounded by things that increase estrogen in the body, exogenous, you know, like things that are not made, you know, like the estrogen is not made in the body. We're getting it 
and things are mimicking estrogen within the body. And the key to estrogen as well is you got to use it and lose it. You cannot hold on to estrogen. So if someone has an issue where they're not, you know, they don't have regular bowel movements, they're recycling that estrogen and that estrogen is getting it's like it's like a reuptake of estrogen into the receptors, it, and, and that's really really harmful for the body. Laura, that that's a really good point. And mm-hmm. how many doctors have you ever heard talk about that? Nobody. Nobody. Yeah, not enough. That's what I mean. There's still so much about this we don't understand. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. True. Oh. Yeah, and, but everything that you're touching upon is is all hormones that you're talking about. Right. When it comes to a hysterectomy, when it comes to your thyroid, when it comes to estrogen. So this is all touching on hormones. So you want to take a deep dive into hormones, it sounds like. But, you know, hormones are what drive everything within our body. I mean, when we talk about stress, that's a hormone. Cortisol is a stress hormone. When we talk about, you know, you know, leptin and lectin, things that make us hungry and full, those are all hormones. Like we are driven by them. So like Kevin said, we just don't understand them nearly as much as you know we should. And we are learning a lot all the time. But just so you know, everything that you're bringing up is hormones. It, it all has okay. circles around, you know, hormones. So. Okay. Because she's been fighting with her doctor for a mammogram because, and even in her in her family history, the breast cancer, just it's every generation. And so she's very concerned about that and actually fighting with her doctor because she's not 50 years old to get a mammogram. And it's changed doctors. The third doctor has approved for an MRI mammogram. So we're finally getting to that stage. Interesting. Well, I'm not, I'm not too crazy about mammograms, just yeah, so you know. I'm not um, either. In my state... And the state and of Florida, why? they start them at 40 years old, just so you know. The, There's another, and I, and I keep meaning to, to look this up. There's like a, there are alternatives to mammograms. Um, okay. I want to say it is a thermal. I believe you're it's right. It's a thermography. I believe you're right. Yeah. And Wait, it's supposed it. to be, number one, less harmful for the, you know, because you're not exposing yourself to radiation. And it's supposed to help because where mammograms can pick things up that are, aren't really there, the thermo the, the you know the thermography supposedly only picks up things that that should be you know looked at looked into a little further. So that's right. I've done that with horses. So there you go. So yeah. you can find out. You try to find a, someone who does yeah. that. You know, in your you know near you, or if you have to travel for it, but. I would recommend that over a mammogram. Anytime well, we're... Unfortunately, my son is certified in that, but I don't think he wants to probably do a mammogram. <laughs> 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 yeah. I do know a person that is certified in that. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Anytime the you, issue of you know, medical talking? screenings come up, and, and that's what a mammogram is. It's medical oh. screenings. They push them. They do them free for oh, a reason. Yeah. I, I always recommend the book. Yeah. I can't possibly cover all of the issues that come up around medical screening because it's really in-depth without this book. But when you read the book, it's going to open up your eyes to a lot of this. I have determined for myself, 
I will not do any medical screening of any kind. Medical screening mm-hmm. is different right. than medical testing. Medical testing is either uh, I'm curious about a number I just want to know, or I have symptoms of something and I want to go try to figure out what it is. I'm fine with all of that. Medical screening is they've told us that if you have some number, you're at risk and they're going to go look for that number. I mean, that's kind of all medical screening is. And it's designed not to make anybody healthy, not to really find anything early that they're going to be able to do anything about. It's designed to make money. We'll bring you in and give you the initial screening for free because we're going to find something. And then we're going to recommend you go to this step and then a biopsy. And, and pretty soon you're just in their system again. That, that's all these things are designed to do to get you in the system because then you become a, a number. You become revenue. Right. Right. And so the, that, Kevin? the book is Please. called Overdiagnosed by Gilbert Welch. Overdiagnosed. Yes. Yeah. I heard you talk about that a lot, and that's why I was sitting wondering, you know, I didn't know if the the mammogram was, I thought, was a kind of a different animal compared to... Oh, you know, no. Mammogram may, may be one of the worst. I, I'm not sure which, which wow. screening is worse, mammograms or prostate exams. But both of them are awful. Mm-hmm. Both of them are huge money makers. And the downsides to these can be pretty severe. Here's one downside that people really don't think much about. The attitude is, oh, well, why wouldn't you get the screening? What's it going to hurt? Well, what about false positives? They're fairly common. You don't think a false positive is going to affect your health? When you just got told you probably have cancer? What's that going to do to your stress levels? Oh, my gosh. That's a big deal, getting a false positive. And once you've got that false positive, boy, you are in the system now. You are going for a biopsy. And if they see anything on the biopsy, you're going on to something else. And it really is a problem. Like I said, I could talk for hours and not cover all the issues he covers in that book. Okay. Okay. Well, I'm definitely going to get it. and kind of go through it, but, you know, because you had talked about so many things, everybody says, well, that's uh, hereditary. Well, so many of them aren't. It's it's diet. Almost nothing it's, is. You know, my, uh, I, I'm eating the same thing that my parents, well, right. I'm not now, but uh, I'm eating more of like my grandparents exactly um, than I am my parents. Right. You know, um, and I didn't know if breast cancer was one of those is is that hereditary is is that something that follows so, through the genes and uh, goes through or not so there the problem with this whole idea that it's genetic is they fail to ever tell us which genes it's supposed to be now in breast cancer they do have some very specific genes that do show much higher incidence of breast cancer if you have this gene and it's it's so strongly correlated. You have women who, if they find out they have that gene, they choose to do a double mastectomy as a as a cautionary. I think this is awful. Yeah. I think it's just awful because what we have to remember 
is yes, that gene is correlated to to breast cancer. It is. This is one that I will admit there is a strong correlation. But we also have to realize virtually every woman who had that gene and got cancer was eating the standard American diet. So there's also a strong correlation there. Okay. I agree. And we well, know that having just, a gene is not a death sentence, and it does not guarantee that you will get any disease. We do not have really, well, there's some pretty rare occurrences where you can say, yes, you have this gene and now you will get this. But that, that's so rare. Most of the time, the gene has to be what we call turned on or expressed. The gene's sitting there and it's like a switch. And if the switch doesn't get turned on, you'll never have the problems from that gene. And what we know now is what turns genes on or off are diet and lifestyle. If you have the right diet and the right lifestyle, these genes will never be turned on. Okay. Because that's where, that's the scenario is what you said. I mean, uh, me and my wife have talked about that on a double. And I well, I understand, but that's like, you know, we always say, well, here, take the shot so you don't get sick. Right. Well, the shot made me sick. Exactly. Look, here's the other problem with this scenario and why this gets perpetuated. Let's say that somebody decides not to do a screening and they end up getting cancer immediately becomes, oh, my God, we could have saved their life with screening. We don't know that. The book explains this much better than I could. I'll try to give it a shot here. We have some cancers. Prostate cancer is a good example of this. There is a t- statistic that says if, if a man lives to be like 80, I think was the number, the odds of that man dying oh, right. with prostate cancer are like over 90%, but, the, but they're not going to die from prostate cancer. Yes, we could look at their prostate and there are some malignant cells there. There are cancer cells, but they don't grow or they grow so slow. You die from something else before they ever become a problem. And there are, there are lots of cancers that are like that. Um, and many times we don't know we have them if we're not doing a screening because there's no symptoms. But there are other cancers, and now we're seeing lots of them, these turbo cancers. You go in for your screening because you're supposed to, and by the time they do the screening, you're already stage three or four, and it's going to kill you anyway. It's too late to do anything. It happens so fast. So in either one of those scenarios, the screening was completely worthless. Right. Right. Well, thanks. You'll take another look at this and read the book. So um, that'll be, uh, it'll be, like you said, an eye opener. Yeah. My take on cancer, honestly, is I'm not doing anything different in my life. I'm doing all the same things I was going to do anyway. I'm eating the cleanest food I can find. I'm cleaning up all of my personal hygiene products and using very little. I'm cleaning up all the chemicals and cleaners around the house and um, everywhere in the garage using more organic. I, I try to get away from um, the chemicals, try to live a cleaner life. And if cancer happens, it happens. I mean, that's kind of my take on this now. But, yeah. I, but I have a feeling it won't happen. Right. Okay. Well, we've done pretty good for 
the majority of our life, it's all been our own beef. Good, um, good. Growing up, still eating the standard American diet for 50-plus years. But, but, a, uh, but a better version of um, it, probably. And, and I feel the same way. I, I started, ate, out, started out on the right ball. Yeah, I, and I did, too. I had a horrible diet in my childhood. But, you know, sometime during my adult life, I started eating at least better. I didn't know what I really should have been eating but I didn't eat nearly as much processed food as most people did. You know, I, I, I was right. making most stuff from scratch. There was a, a doctor, um, and I have looked all over for this tape. About 30 years ago, he was a veterinarian and a doctor. Uh, my mom actually flew my dad to Washington and met with this doctor, and my mom did not remember his name, but he, he did come home with a cassette tape and it said uh, uh, the, the, the theme on this tape and it, it explained fat it explained how how important fat was so that yeah. was when i first learned about fat was right. 30 years ago almost 30 years ago and the name of the tape is called dead doctors don't lie oh yeah and i'm sure it is yeah that's you, famous you know of it yeah it's famous oh well i think he was the one that made it i could be wrong on that but anyhow he got my dad on uh, uh, high fat. This was, he had lupus. He had quite a few things wrong. Um, I mean, when he was a type setter. So when I was kids, we used to play with mercury. Yeah, I mean, we used to right. roll mercury around our hand all day, know, long, yeah. oh, all day long. My dad, he cleaned type set with mercury. Right. I mean, we, we would stick our hand in it up to our wrist in mercury. I mean, gosh, we used to play with it. So I am really hammering a clean diet for myself just to maybe right. try to eliminate, right. get some of yeah. that out. But anyhow, he put my dad on a high fat diet, eggs with butter, high protein, high fat. <laughs> right. We, carbs wasn't a word. Correct. It wasn't, it wasn't anything in, that we ever used, but uh, I remember my dad was just happy as <laughs> happy as a pig in slop because here he is getting my mom sitting there cringing, cringing, cooking his egg in <laughs> butter and lard. And, and toast with this thick butter, you know, country crock pot, you know, the country crock Tupperware uh, plastic container of of plastic that I you know. got. Yeah. <laughs> nope, nope. It was butter, you know. And uh, we got our uh, growing up. I remember my first gallon of store bought milk. Uh, our milk was all fresh, and oh, right. uh, you know, we yeah. used to get in trouble first and the cream off the top. Of course. We'd open that up and you know, me and my brother would just scrounge <laughs> that cream up and then we would stir it and try to get it to settle so we didn't get in trouble. You're right. <laughs> I love that. I love that. Well, um, all right. I, thank you. Gosh, this has been a long questionnaire. I didn't expect to even do half of these questions, but I'll let someone else get in. And I really, Lauren, Evan, thank you so much. You guys have changed my life, my trucking business, uh, you've done so much. You're welcome. So much for me and my family. You're welcome. Thank you for your support. And uh, keep us informed. Let us know how this is going. Uh, and come back and we'll try to help. Let's go to Salt Lake. Leroy, welcome. Grab that. Hold on. How you doing, Kevin? Hold on a second. All right. I'll do a little song and dance my, uh, while we're waiting. I got to get my... I got, I got my friend with me and... We listen to you on the live show, so got to well, pause you. it. All right. Okay. All right. She's interested in all this uh, stuff I've been, the coffee, because, you know, got the India Cafe and all that, and the 
So she's all interested in the uh, 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 brain octane and everything, but okay, she's you know looking looking at other stuff because she's already doing a bunch of like supplements and vitamins and you know I ain't smart enough to put all the words together to try to explain to her how the difference between the vitamins that they sell, you know, that's got a all the vitamins oh. you need and stuff, so but it, they got them is, so concentrated down. Is she there? Yes. Is she okay with coming uh, on and talking? Put, I try to put you on speak. Uh, she'll wear my headset. Hold on. Oh wow! All right. So, from from what I'm hearing, I think the first way to approach this is is to tell us some of the supplements you're taking. So let's just start with one. Give give me one supplement you're taking. Okay, I'm in my ear. Oh. Hello, Kevin. Hello there. Um, one supplement I'm taking is vitamin D. Okay, why? I always want to ask why. I want to make sure we're doing things for the right reason. Why are we taking vitamin D? Um, I really don't remember. Okay. The, the, so this is what we want to go through. And I'll tell you, I will tell you, you probably do need to supplement vitamin D, but I want you to have a good reason why you're doing it. That's first. And then we need to make sure we're using the right supplement because there is a big difference. So most of us do need to supplement with vitamin D, but we don't know how much. I mean, if you get out in the sun a lot during the summertime or maybe all year, depending on where you live, you may not need as much. If you're eating a lot of cold water fish or organ meats, you may not need as much if you're eating foods that are good sources of vitamin D. So vitamin D is important enough to me that I test every quarter. I, I know what my levels are, so I know how much I need to supplement. And then when I'm supplementing, I test to make sure my supplement's working. So that's what I would recommend around vitamin D that you test it. You can do an at-home test. We get one from Everly Well that we really like, everlywell.com. And it's a vitamin, it's a combination. It's actually two tests. It tests your vitamin D levels and it tests your C-reactive protein levels, which gives us an indication about inflammation in your body. Almost all disease is rooted in inflammation. So if it's there, we know there's a problem, we need to address it. So I, I just like those two tests we just do it every quarter, and then we supplement. I, I am a believer in liquid vitamin D supplements, not tablets and capsules. And the reason being, the liquid will be, if it's a good supplement, it will be fat-based. The vitamin D will be emulsified into fat, and you take it as drops because we have to have fat present when we take vitamin D in order for it to be absorbed. So we can either tell people, look, every time you take your vitamin D supplement, you need to make sure you're eating something with fat, or we can just take a supplement that already has it. So our recommendation is just take a, a vitamin D supplement that's already emulsified in fat. Does that all make sense? Interesting. It makes sense. And then I remember that the reason I started taking vitamin D is because um, I was diagnosed with MS and I was doing some research on it. And it said that 
a lot of people with MS has a vitamin D deficiency. So which that's is, my reasoning. I'm sorry. No, and that's good reasoning. That, that That's exactly what I was trying to get to. You did have a reason. But the other thing you need to know, um, almost everybody in the country has a vitamin D deficiency. So is it really correlated to MS or is it just that just about all of us were deficient? I, I don't know. Uh, you know, if you're interested in, 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 and you would be because you've been diagnosed with it, um, MS, you should really um, look up um, Dr. Walls, Dr. Terry Walls, um, W-A-H-L-S. Um, she has a specific protocol for MS, a way of eating, a specific diet, she had a very, very aggressive form of MS. And she was a doctor when she was diagnosed. So being a doctor, she did all the things the medical system told her to do. And she ended up completely crippled and in a wheelchair. And she decided to use her knowledge as a doctor and she started looking at diet and lifestyle and today she is completely active no wheelchair whatsoever no symptoms of ms and it, it was an incredible story i actually um, had the privilege of speaking with her on a panel we were on a panel at a medical conference together and i got a chance to talk to her and her story is just amazing um, so you can look her up and you'll get all kinds of tips on really dealing with and improving the MS to the point where you may not even realize you have it. Wow, that's interesting. Thank you so much for speaking with me. You're welcome. I'm going to pass you back to Leroy. Okay. Well, thank you, Kevin. You're welcome. You're welcome. That, that, that's a good start. Sometimes we've got to ease people into this because it can be overwhelming at times. Yes, uh, yes, I know. But, but, uh, she was hitting me with questions yesterday on the vitamin D, and I was like, "Well, I'll try to explain it." But and, uh, never mind. I know a guy that explained it way better. Yeah, there you go. Good. Yeah, but, we, we've given her plenty and, to uh, think about and get started on. Yeah. And, uh, did you get the? Uh, I don't. Know, she had one question yesterday. Was, she's looking at different vitamin Ds and stuff, and I was trying to explain to you. I explained to her how you go through the process of picking the products you sell and right. And, uh, yeah, I, I covered and, our uh, vitamin D and why we use our specific okay. vitamin D. Okay. So, all right. Well, I, I, uh, uh, I know I'm costing you money, but I'm letting her use my app for now. Oh, absolutely. So can, uh, yeah. Uh, we don't care about that. So share everything. I, I, yeah. I just log her in. I just log, log her in and I'm going to let her go That's back. That's fine. I'm going to try to listen to old destination health. Good, good. Yeah, keep it up. So, we uh, we encourage sharing all of our stuff. We we don't. Um, That's it, just how we do things. It's how we're always going to do things. So absolutely, I don't care too much about that kind of stuff. Um, thank you for passing it along. It's always hard to share this stuff. Uh, let's go to North Carolina. Terrence, welcome. Hey, Terrence, how's it going? Good. What's on your mind today? Uh, well, I might not be able to get through this call, but, uh, as far as you were talking about before, why you got, <clears throat> you know, the farm and all that, that's just cause you're getting paid back for, you know, all the stuff that you've done for everybody else. I, I, I'm a firm believer of that. I, I'd like to believe that, you know, uh, that's be a nice thought. <laughs> 
because it's, I mean, you know, for someone to do something like that and to see, you know, to see your enthusiasm about it and to, to also pick up on it and know that that's, that's truly something that's, you know, of a different power in my, in my opinion. Oh, you know, the, the other thing I found interesting, the real tour, when I was talking to him yesterday, um, he said there is a magazine uh, and he said the title, I don't remember what it is. It's kind of along the lines of like a home and garden kind of thing. Um, and he said they want to do a piece on the property. So he asked me if, you know, next spring when we're getting things going, would we, we be willing to do a, a piece on the property? And I said, yeah, that'd be really cool. Um, except I don't want them to interview me about this property. They need to interview the original owners. I I don't, you know, that's the real story there. I don't even, you know, it's almost like I don't feel like I own this property in in kind of a weird way. I almost feel like I've been blessed to be the caretaker of it going forward. Yep. There's a whole new, that's, that's, that's unique. That's why you're there, Kevin. I, I got a firm believer. That's why. That's why you're, you found that place and you got it without a doubt. Yeah. Because listening to you talk about, it, you say you didn't want to get too weird about it, but I could tell the direction you were going in it, and yeah, you, know, don't, you don't usually, you know, talk like that. You know what I mean? I, I kind of picked up. I could be wrong. But no, I, I don't want to get all, all, all woo woo about it, and you know. You know, I know, I know, I get it. I I just want to make sure I, I picked up on it, and if that's it, I, yeah. that's why I called in. So yeah, I'll let someone else get in. Now. I'm glad for you, man. You all deserve right. it. Thank you. Appreciate right. it. Later. Yep. Let's go to Alberta. Talon, welcome to the program. Hey, Kevin. How's it going today? Good. What can we help you with? So about two years ago, I was diagnosed with gout. And uh, so I eat pretty much uh, carnivore eggs. And the last two weeks, I've been eating nothing but carnivore. And this uh, foot, my uh, the pain in my foot is just really, really bad, and I don't know what to do about it. I do, because you don't have gout. That's what I figured. You don't have gout, mm-hmm. uh, and and this was the this this is almost the proof. The more carnivore you went, the pain came back. So that tells us it's not gout, because meat does not cause gout. It doesn't. I, I know they've told us that forever, that it's purines in the food, meat is high in purines and all. It's just not true. It doesn't correlate. So when we see somebody eating carnivore, and, and I experienced this, so and I've helped so many people with this. I just had a call yesterday um, or an email, I think. Uh, same issue. Uh, oh, I know what it was. It's my, it's my nephew. Um, he had the same thing happen. And we've had it happen over and over and over. It's oxalates. And, and what happened mm-hmm. is you got rid of all of the oxalates in your diet by going carnivore. And then your body finally says, hey, look, we can start to get rid of some of these oxalates now. And we get what's called oxalate dumping. And you actually start to get the symptoms of the oxalate overload that you weren't feeling before. And the, the gout-like pain is one of the most common. And all you have to do is add some oxalates back into your diet. It, it's kind of weird. Um, oxalates are the problem, but the solution is to add some back in so your body can deal with them more slowly. So the the number 
Um, and this comes from uh, Sally K. Norton and her book. And we did a podcast on this. You can go back. It was a mini series. Uh, you can go back and listen to all this. She explains all of it. But the number she has come up with, and it's worked every time we've tried it, is start to take in about 250 to 300 milligrams of oxalates a day and this pain goes away. If it doesn't, okay, there, there is I one other issue. We haven't talked about this in a while, but we identified this ourselves years ago. Um, the other thing that can cause this is poor fat digestion. And the mechanism is really complicated. It has to do with calcium and a bunch of other minerals. And when we have poor fat digestion, we will more likely see these oxalate um, joint issues. So one, we can manage our oxalate load at about 250 to 300 milligrams a day, and we can improve our fat digestion, and this goes away. And I think I might have a fat digestion issue as well. So how, like, what's a good way that I can manage that? Well, we made that really simple. We have a fat digestion kit, and it's supplements. You just buy the kit. You take them usually one round, 30 days usually fixes it for most people. Um, for me, it fixed it for a while and then it came back and I had to do a second round and then it came back again and I did a third round. And finally, that was the last time and that was years ago that I ever had fat digestion issues. Um, if I can eat this ice cream that I've been eating uh, the last couple of days, I have no fat digestion issues. Let, Lauren, listen to this recipe. Um, mm -hmm. This is ice cream, seven tablespoons of butter, seven tablespoons of coconut oil, three tablespoons of brain octane. So far, we have put nothing but pure fat in here. Eight, yeah. eight egg yolks, actually four whole eggs and four egg yolks. There's a ton more fat there. Uh, and then mm. a can of coconut cream. You know how much fat is in that wow. coconut cream? That, that's the recipe for this ice cream. <laughs> I mean, if that isn't a giant fat bomb, I don't know what is. Oh, definitely. Wow. That yeah, and, great, and, though. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's so rich. I, a serving for me is only like a half of a pint. It's a cup. I eat a cup of it. It's so rich. That's you can't eat much be, more than though. that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. Then nutrient dense. Wow. I didn't realize that. Yeah. Think about all that stuff that's in there. Holy cow. Yeah. I know. So, so it, it's kind of <laughs> cool because I've, I've turned ice cream into health food. Exactly. Now, isn't that so nice when you can do that? You can take something that you enjoy eating that's typically really unhealthy and you can turn it into something that's nutrient dense. That's my favorite thing. Yeah. Yeah. Ice cream of all things. In fact, I think I'm going to have some right after the show. Yeah. <laughs> I would. That'll be lunch. I'm having ice cream for lunch. Now, now people can say, hey, I take my health advice from some ex-truck driver who says eat ice cream for lunch. That'll go over big, right? <laughs> uh, oh, seriously. <laughs> Talon, anything else we can help you with this? And This one's fairly straightforward. We, we fix this problem a lot. It works every time. Uh, how do I figure out for uh, the oxalates, uh, like to take the 250 milligrams a day? Like, you, how do I figure out the ratios? You just got to kind of look stuff up. 
You know, I, I can give yeah, you the, the I can give you a pretty decent list of high like common high oxalate foods. And normally what I do is I just pick some of my favorite high oxalate foods and make sure I eat enough every day to give me that number. So uh, for me, dark chocolate's number one on the list. Dark chocolate's high in oxalates. So, and I love dark chocolate and there are other benefits. So um, I make sure I eat dark chocolate every day. Um, sweet potatoes, um, high in oxalates. I'd love sweet potatoes so I can add some sweet potato in to get to my number. It, it's kind of fun now that I don't have to eliminate these foods I love. I get to use them to get back to the right number. Okay, and uh, I thought I heard you talking about uh, uh, acidic things like uh, uh, lemon juice. Does that help? Well, if we're talking about oxalate stones in um, kidney and gallbladder. So oxalates, if you go back and you listen to the mini series we did with Sally, we did a thing where we start at the brain, like Lauren and I do with digestion. You know, we start at the top and we work all the way down. How does digestion work? With Sally, we started at the top and went through all the ways oxalates affect our body, and it is insane. Starting in our brain and our teeth and our mouth and our oral health and our heart, it just, so there's a lot of things that can happen. One of them, when you have an oxalate overload and a mineral imbalance, is you'll get kidney stones and gallstones. So that's where we talk about using more acidic foods to help dissolve those stones. But that doesn't, well, wait a minute. I don't know if, it, Lauren, I wonder if there's any evidence mm -hmm. that it could also dissolve the oxalate stones in the joints. Uh, yeah, you would think so. I don't know sure. that I've ever read anything about that, though. I mean, I would definitely think so. Well, Why here's not? the thing. Can't hurt to add acidic foods to your diet. You know, lemon and lime juice, apple cider vinegar. Um, fermented foods are acidic. We create lactic acid. That, that's why you get that pickled kind of uh, effect. We're creating acid. So, yeah, I, I yeah. would add some foods in. There's no downside to adding them. And maybe it does actually help to dissolve the, the oxalate crystals in the joints. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I don't see why it wouldn't. Yeah. I'd be surprised if it didn't. Yeah. Okay, well, uh, for me, being up in Canada, like, it just doesn't make sense for me to get the uh, fat digestion kit from you. It just costs way too much in shipping and handling. I can't, can't afford it. <laughs> you, you so can... uh, I think they're going to try. Well, here's what I would What's try that? then. You're going to have a uh, take the list to print out from our website, print out each product that's in the kit. We have some pretty good literature on each product right on the website. Print it out, take it to a health food store and see if they can match it. Okay, I'll do that then. You know, I can't guarantee the and, quality uh, I, you're I going to get or, or that kind of stuff because I, I there's so many supplements on the market. I have no idea what you're going to end up with. But that's one way to attempt it. You just take our kit and see if a health food store could match it. Yeah. Okay. And uh, last night I felt it coming on. So I actually stopped and picked up a, a couple dark chocolate bars. And uh, so I'll uh, try and add a little bit more oxalates and Good. drink some more acidic things. And see what happens. See if I can do it with that. Yeah, call us back and let yeah. us know.
Uh, let's go to Tennessee this time. Stephen, welcome. Hey, Kevin. Hey, I had a question about the ribs that you cooked, but now I've got a question about the ice cream. But you guys were also talking about all the hormones. And uh, you've seen the weight loss that my wife and I have had over the past uh, three, four years. Yeah. Uh, but something, something that occurred 14 years ago, I went to a physical, just a family physician. I went through many DOT physicals over the years. None of them had questioned anything. But my family doctor questioned something. He caused me, he sent me to, he, well, he did a testosterone level check, and my testosterone was in the 70s. So that automatically made him check my prolactin level, and my prolactin level was almost at 8,000. So they sent me to the MRI to have an MRI done, and that's where they found the pituitary gland. That should be the size of a pea, I guess. Mine was the size of a quarter. So a pituitary uh, prolactin secreting tumor is what they diagnosed it as. And ever since then, I'll, I'll tell you this, when my, when my testosterone level came up and my prolactin came down, it was a, a game changer uh, in who I was. And I've never, you know, you, like you say, the, with the hormones or like I am on level thyroxin as well. And you're telling the other caller there that if you don't feel any different, you know, take, stop using it. If you don't feel any different, you probably don't need it. Truly, the only thing in the past 14 years that's made me where I've noticed such a difference was when that testosterone came up and the prolactin came down. Good. And I Good. monitor it every year with blood with blood work. And so, but that makes me wonder about the level of thyroxine. I would love to get off. Oh, I'm like I've been on it for 14 years, so I would like to get off of. Uh, that's about the only thing I'm on for. Well, I'm on. Uh, Cabergoline is is what keeps the tumor from growing. We've tested it. If I come off the cabergoline, my prolactin starts going right back up. Uh, so I don't know. They, the the endocrinologist feels I'll be on it forever because they, they they just won't stop growing. Yeah, I, I would I would find a good functional medicine doctor that specializes in this kind of stuff and work through that. I. I I think there are very few things that go so wrong in our body that we need pharmaceuticals for the rest of our life. Well, and that's what I was, uh, you know, not understanding. Why is it that this just won't stop um, when I come off of the Kerbergling? He's actually, he retired and uh, he was fine with me. We worked together for 10 years monitoring it and he trusts, you know, me being able to read my blood work to understand where my prolactin should be and my testosterone should be. So at the very least, so I don't have to go for an MRI to, to see if it's growing. But yeah, I'll have to visit another doctor about that. Um, so yeah, so with the hormones, I can definitely understand how people can change and feel totally different oh, when the hormones are right or when they're wrong. Absolutely. Yeah, I, um, I, I'm looking forward to when we know more about it. A lot of now seems to be guessing and testing and, and, you know, there are some doctors that seem to be really good at it. And, and, uh, that's why we usually recommend finding one. Uh, there are a lot of practitioners who can't do this well. Right. Yeah. yeah. But for pituitary specifically for pituitary tumors, yep. I'm looking at my notes here and it says that it's greatly affected by your digestive system and inflammation. So that's something that you, you want to, you know, you want to look into, make sure your digestive system is working properly. Well, you know, what then, I've battled, um, you know what I've battled okay. my entire life? And I was a real active kid, uh, but I've battled joint pains my entire life so bad that 
I mean, just mm. tears and can't walk. And nobody's ever been able to diagnose why my that joint pain is bothering me like, so much. That sounds like something autoimmune. That sounds like uh, like severe leaky gut that you could have had, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, for it does. that so whole time. If that could be... Re- I wonder if that could be related to that then when you talk about inflammation. It would. Absolutely. It would be related. There's no question. Yeah. And then... Yeah, I guess um, I'll have to look into that more. Yeah. Take, if you haven't done it yet, take the NutriQ, see where you stand, you know, sign up for the discovery call. Uh, but, you know, the regular treatments for these, you know, tumors are going to be like the cortisol replacement therapy, thyroid hormone therapy, um, other hormone therapies, tons of hormone therapies. And then the functional approach would be things like copper, probiotics, adaptogens, glycine, antioxidants, um, essential fatty acids and amino acids, so proteins and good healthy fats, um, your B vitamins, you know, things like this. So I would definitely start with digestion and then work your way up to making sure that you're absorbing all your nutrients properly and supplement supplementing if you need to. Okay. Yeah, I'll do that Nutri-Q test again. I had done it years ago, but uh, I'll do it again. And my testosterone came back up around the three, four hundred. And I know they say males, you know, would like to see, I know a male would like to see 800 to 1,000. So I was always kind of disappointed when I only saw three, four hundred, but my endocrinologist was enthused about it. He, he was happy about it uh, because it come up so much from what it was. But then when I started eating like this uh, about three years ago, lost the weight, my testosterone started seeing around 800 and without any uh, supplements, it was just eating. And, uh, and then my endocrinologist was uh, obviously very happy with that, but didn't really, as you've heard before, didn't really know why uh, the difference uh, but obviously the diet had a lot to play in that. Absolutely. I, I think it's the biggest impact. It, I, but we could also yeah, go back yeah. to digestion. And, you know, it used to be a big thing for us. And, and we probably need to remain focused on that, that you can be eating the best diet in the world. But if you can't digest it right, you're not getting the nutrients. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm going to revisit that again. Um, and then you, you were talking about the ice cream and my wife, I was telling my wife about it. And she was asking, do you use some kind of machine to make uh, an ice cream machine to mix it all? Or well, not you, to, you mix to, to mix it. I put it in a blender. I've got a Vitamix and I blend it. I, I blend it a lot in the Vitamix and, and this last batch. So I've made some adjustments to bulletproof and I'm not going to release them yet. Cause I'm not done playing with it. Um, but it's, it's, really, really rich and creamy, Um, but I use a Vitamix. So here's the other thing about this, and this might freak some people out, um, but you are getting all, all eight of those eggs are raw. This mixture never gets cooked or heated up. Most ice, most ice cream recipes, you cook your, your base first, you bring your base, your ice cream base up to a certain temperature. You hold it at that temperature a while. Um, this is completely raw. So yeah, you're eating eight raw eggs if that freaks people out. Uh, so it, all the ingredients just go into the blender. Uh, and there are a couple other ingredients I'm playing around with that I haven't mentioned yet, but it all goes into the blender. I blend it really well. And then it goes into the ice cream machine. So when you 
okay, so you blend it and then you, you do use some kind of ice cream machine. Yes. Yeah. You really oh. can't get good ice cream without a machine. There are recipes out there for stuff you just stick in the freezer. It's going to be very icy. The, the water separates. The longer yeah. it, here's the whole trick to getting creamy ice cream. The faster you can freeze it, the thicker and creamier it's going to be. If you want to have the best ice cream you have ever eaten, make your ice cream base and then go buy liquid nitrogen and blast the ice cream with liquid nitrogen. It freezes instantly and you will have the creamiest ice cream you have ever eaten. The longer it takes you to get that ice cream frozen, the less creamy it's going to be. So commercial ice cream makers work much faster. I mean, my ice cream maker at home takes almost an hour to freeze a batch. And, you know, there are commercial ice cream makers that would do that in 10 minutes. And the faster you can do it, the creamier the ice cream is going to be. So how people love ice cream and when you get your ingredients, when you get it to where you like it, will you do a video on it or? uh, Yeah, Yeah, I'll do a video. Yeah, we'll post the recipe and, and do a video. Okay. And then the Here. the ribs. I, I remember you talking about them on one of your one of your one of the shows previously. But my wife and I we we've got a big bunk, um, so we get a lot of cooking stuff, uh, convention oven. She usually will put the ribs in a slow cooker, and then she'll finish them off in the air fryer. Um, That's a good. But method. I got that butcher paper that you talked. So I got that butcher paper that you got. Uh, the butcher paper Would really butcher paper? only applies to a smoker. Only to a smoker. Yeah, okay. here, here's what happens. Here's the reason we use this. There, there comes a point with pork especially. This is really important on any kind of pork. There, there comes a point where you hit a temperature, and I think it's around 150, 160, and it will just stall. It won't get any hotter than that. You, you're still smoking it at the same temperature, but it just stops climbing. And we need to get pork to about 210 so the collagen starts to break down. And that's when we get that, that pork texture we're looking for. Otherwise, it's going to be really chewy. So we need to get the meat to 210. And when you're on the smoker, all of a sudden, it just kind of stalls. Um, people will wrap it in foil and that will work. It will start climbing again, but the foil holds all the moisture and you lose all your bark. You know, you start to get a soggy kind of rib. You won't get that bark on there, that texture. So the butcher paper, and here's the reason it stalls, because at that temperature, the fat starts to dissolve inside the meat and it keeps cooling the meat. It won't raise the temperature because the fat keeps dissolving and, and kind of cooling off the meat. And if you wait for that process to happen, then you start drying it out. So the way you fix this is with this pink butcher paper. It allows the moisture out, but it holds in the heat so that you get past that stall quickly. And then you can bring it up to temperature and you don't lose your bark because you're not steaming it like you would be in foil. Okay. So would that butcher paper benefit at all in the air fryer or the, the uh, fryer? No, it would do the opposite. You, it, you no. wouldn't get the air fry oh. effect because you'd be covering the, the meat. Okay. 
See, in, in the smoker. With her smoke cooker and yeah, air fryer. Yeah, the way you're doing it is a good method in the truck. Okay. And then I was at a restaurant the other day. Uh, just my last thing. Um, at a restaurant the other day, and they were on the menu, and I had it. It was a pork, pork ribeye. And when I Googled pork, and they asked me how I wanted it cooked, as if uh, they were cooking a steak, and I thought pork always had to be done. Oh, no, um, no, no, no. I, I eat pork rare now. I've been eating pork rare yeah, for years. That pork, yeah. That pork ribeye was, yeah, that pork ribeye was awesome. Oh, uh, yeah. But yet there's so much different, there's so many different things about pork ribeye. Like I went to a meat store the other day asking, can they get it or make it? And he's, he cut off the part of her shoulder to create a ribeye that he thought I was talking about. But I think the ribeye I'm actually talking about is coming off of the loin. It, yeah, it should. So a the rib eye um, is attached to the rib. That's why it's called a rib eye. It, it's the big round piece that is attached to the rib. And most animals are pretty similar. We all, you know, most mammals have a rib cage. So, yeah, we could cut a ribeye off of a pig just like we can off of a cow. Looks a little different, but it's really the same cut. So, yeah, if he went into the shoulder, he's, he's cutting something completely different. Yeah, that was different. So you would basically just come off of the loin then for that. Right. Right. Part of a, okay. you're, you're getting oh, yeah, ribeye meat when you're eating most cuts of ribs. Because some of the ribeye meat is left right, yeah. depending yeah. on how they cut the ribs. Yeah, that, that makes sense now. Uh, a, a standing rib roast. That's a beautiful cut of pork. A standing rib roast. You want to get a really good cut of pork, get a standing rib roast. Standing rib roast. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I'll try that. One. It, it, it will also, right, in pork, you know, a standing it. rib roast usually refers to beef. In pork, the better thing to ask a butcher for would be ask him for a crown of pork. A crown of pork. Oh, yeah, because I'm trying to, I like pork. Um, especially with different ways. Uh, when I saw that ribeye, that was just really good. Well, when you see a standing rib roast, beef, uh, rib eye, prime rib, all these cuts are virtually the same. And it's the same way on a pig. A, a, when you see a crown of pork, what you're going to see is a rib rack, but the whole eye is left on the rib. Oh. Huh. Yeah, so that should still be... Uh really good. Oh, it's really, really good. Yeah. Pork crown roasts are one of my favorite cuts and they're so easy to make. All you do is just roast them. Yeah. You just put them in the oven at a, you know, 350, 400 degrees, let them roast, put them in a smoker at 350, 400, let them roast. Just an amazing cut. It is written down. I'm going to have to try that. All right. All righty, man. Appreciate it. Thank you're, you, guys. You're welcome. I could talk about cooking all day long, Lauren. Cooking and food. I know. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. All right. Let's go to Arkansas. Jeff, welcome to the program. Hi, Kevin. What do you know about porphyria or or something like that? Oh, all right. Do you know which form you have? There are several forms, and it's important to know which one. Yeah, that, the cord, 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 Catania, cord, cord, Catania, Catania Tarda. Yeah. Well, okay. Yeah, 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 that, yeah. That's good news. Um, it's the most common, and that one is not genetic. So one of the mistakes that doctors make around this is that 
one for several forms of this can be tied to a specific gene. We talked about that earlier. That doesn't mean that right. just because you have that gene, you're going to get this, but, but there is a correlation. But this form, which is the most common form of this by far, is not genetic at all. So okay. this is, this is so a lifestyle disease. does it go disease. away? Uh, well, it, it, okay, if, you so do, if you do all the right stuff, as far as eating all the right food and living well, the right way, well, yeah. Well, well I, I, I am eating right, and, 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 you know, I was getting blisters on my hands, so I just gave blood, and it, I, don't, I don't know I even have it. So far as I, I was just wondering if it ever went away, but yes. far as me telling I have this, it, I don't know that I have it. Yeah, yeah. This, the, the, the most common form. The, the one we talked about, can be cured through diet and lifestyle. I believe that the genetic yeah, so version may be able to as well, but I don't know enough about it, and I don't know of any cases. But um, this very common form, which isn't genetic, absolutely responds to diet and lifestyle. Yes. Yeah, because I, I, I am eating carnivore pretty much. So, and, and I don't know I have it, but I was just um, curious I, about it. I, uh, if you want to dig a little deeper and, and we may be able to figure what's going on, I would do a NutriQ and a discovery call. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Okie dokie. There, there's nothing in the NutriQ right. that would tell us directly whether you have this or not, but the NutriQ will give us enough symptoms to lead us down the right path. Right. Okie doke. I'll do it. All right. We'll, all, right, uh, all right, Kevin, thanks. You're welcome. Thanks for the call. Let's go to yep. Houston. Mark, welcome to the program. Hey, a uh, couple things here. Uh, some things that I thought of while I'm sitting there on hold. Two books, two very important books. Uh, number one, there's a book by Anthony G.J. called Estro Generation. Everybody needs to read that book. It talks about, and he's a PhD, it talks about everything that's out here that affects your body and mimics estrogen. Ah. For example, lavender. I used to use Dr. Brommer's lavender soap. That is a very big one. Uh, I believe he talks about, uh, uh, there's, a, there's a pesticide out there, or a herbicide, I forget which one it is, it's called atrazine. It's probably right up there with... Uh, Glyphosate is as being deleterious to our health out here in the in the real world. It's in all the water is, supplies and it packs snake frogs and turn them into. Ah, that's what I was about to ask. Is this the chemical that yeah. it can actually turn a frog from male to female or the other way around? Yes. Yeah. No. Yeah. I, it will, yeah. It'll do that. Yep. I, I, I remember and, this story. And, that was pretty it's, crazy. It's, it's, it's it's banned in Europe, but it's it's all over our water supply because it's used as as abundantly as glyphosate out there. Uh, the plastics that we use, oh yeah, it's a big uh, one. We use in everyday life. It's hard to escape that. Those are big estrogenics. Uh, the plastics. There's just a whole list. All the laundry soaps. I mean, the soap I used to bathe with is Kirk's, and that's what he recommends. It's an old old soap. It's nothing but pure soap. You can get it at any grocery store. And he just says, well, that's probably the best to use because there's so I, many additives, even in Dr. Brommer's soaps and all like that, that that's the, one of the things. And what does that do? It affects the fact that it lowers your testosterone. It, it, it adds estrogen to your body. Uh, now, before I get to my main point I called about, 
There's another book I just read, and I listened to it when I was in the mountains because I was trying to go to sleep, so I'll, so I'll finish listening to it or whatever. And this is a very important book. It's called How to Starve Cancer. I believe the lady's name is McClellan. She's, she narrates it herself. She reads it herself. She's from the U.K. She's a medical professional. And How to Starve Cancer. And it's very in-depth on the fact that how to basically completely get rid of cancer and some of the things that are used in in, in her method that have been, it's been proven, berberine. Berberine, berberine <laughs> is very anti-carcinogenic. Yeah, it is. Metformin is used. Uh, believe it or not, statins are used. And then she goes into the point that says if you're using the statins for heart, that is wrong. But it can be used because synergistically it works so, with some other drugs to suppress cancer cells. So I, I, uh, I, I, I'm going to read the book, but I already have a problem with it. I'm just and then before I, you have your problem or whatever. No, I, I, I no, will. Don't but be I, judgmental going into. No, I'm the already book. judgmental. I'm going to be. I always am. That's how I read things. I, okay. I'm looking to well. judge them. That's the point. I don't want to go into them well, believing them on faith. Said, and that's well, what I being non judgmental would be. I mean, I, 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 listened to the, to, I listened to what she talked about. And here's another here's, thing. Do you know how we all, all you, know, okay, here, you know how we always hear people that they go and they take chemotherapy and it's like they're after small cell cancer and oh, we got all the cancer, all the cancer cells. You know what they're forgetting? They don't go after the stem cells. That's why cancer always comes back with a vengeance, because they don't attack the stem cells. I I don't want to get too deep into that. No, I understand. I'll read the book to understand that. But I want to go back to how I read and why I have a problem with this book. When I approach a book, when I approach an idea, a concept, a supplement, a product, my goal is to prove it wrong. I will work as hard as I possibly can to prove it wrong. And if I can't, then that's probably a good thing. So I am absolutely judgmental about everything I read to the extreme to I am going to prove this is wrong. And if I can't, because almost everything we know about health or thought we knew, we've been wrong about so many things. So it's almost easier to prove things are wrong than it is, is to prove that they're right. Proving something works is really difficult. Well, and she Sometimes goes, in, proof, she goes so, into that with all the drugs, yeah, the, all the so drugs, here's, cancer drugs, here's my pharmaceuticals issue. throw out there. And maybe she has some other explanation why I might look at this differently, but I always take the approach that our health is never a lack of a pharmaceutical drug, ever. It can't be. We were healthy for a but million years, but, but that, that's, that's what I said. That's really not the point but it is a point that I will stick to until she can prove to me that there's some reason why I have to have a pharmaceutical drug to fix this. And that's a tough bar to, to okay, well, get I, over. She's going to have a very hard time proving well, that to it's me. Just the, and she talks about the fight with the, uh, the oncologist. And, and man, it's a good book to read because why, whether, whether well, or not... Here, here's a problem I, I have. Think, I think you'll get something our, out our, of it. Oh, no, I always do. And I, I'm going to go read. I'm going to read both of these, but I'm really interested in both of them. But here's a problem. Metformin itself has been proven to cause cancer because our supply is corrupted. Well, that's that's a different that's a complete issue, different issue. The, the well, issue no, it's not. About it's it's not. It, if if metformin well, can cause cancer, 
it would be one of the last things. I, why wouldn't I just take berberine, which has been proven to be very, very similar in so many ways to metformin, but we don't have the downsides. Mm-hmm. Well, okay, so point taken. But anyway, uh, it, it's a good book to read in, in that uh, I think it'll be eye-opening. I mean, granted, there's a lot more that if I was going to, thought I had cancer or whatever, I would go back and get into it and read it in more depth. But it was just, I wanted to find out what her points were. And, and she talks about in there, because there's two fuels to cancer, and, and this is metabolic, is sugar, and the other is, uh, was it glutamine? Uh, yeah. And she's talking about there's, there's certain ways you can suppress the, the formation of glutamines on the cancers that feed off of that. So anyway, so... Uh, those were two books. I, mean, I wanted to call and tell you about both of them. Estra Generation's been around. Anthony G.J., I mean, you could probably get him to come on your podcast. He's, he posts a lot on Instagram, and he's been silenced and about some of his views and all like that. And I believe he, he works uh, – he's a researcher. Yeah, that one PhD. I'm really interested in. Did his work in Florida. Yeah. He did his work, his work down in Florida, and uh, I believe he, he's with that – he's out of Minnesota. But anyway uh, – the other point I was going to talk, you were talking, oh, and the, the people that are having huge problems with their thyroid, one of the new nutrients that most people are lacking in, as is vitamin D, which Gary Brecker says on vitamin D, it's so important to the human body that we're, we're able to manufacture it. So that's how important it is to the human body that we're able to manufacture it. But uh, iodine, a lot of people, most people are deficient in iodine. I mean, I take a couple of drops of Lugol's iodine several times a week. So, uh, that if you, when yeah, you read we, into the literature and all, and the, the you won't hear us people, talk about it are def- much on the air. And it's not because I don't believe it, it is an issue and it works. It's because you can create a lot of problems with iodine too. Yeah. Well, according to Dr. Barry, that if you take too much, because the Japanese take more iodine than everybody else because of the seafood they eat, that, that well, hold Dr. On. Barry says hold that on. when you get that, that we that's always different. separate food from supplements. We almost never yeah. see okay. overdoses of nutrients as long as it's coming from food. It is almost okay. impossible to overdose any but nutrient. I'm, I'm just going to well, tell you what on. he said. Hold, hold on, let me finish. It's almost impossible. There are a couple rare cases. Um, polar bear liver is so high in vitamin A, I think, that it can almost kill you if you were to eat too much polar bear liver. Um, that's a pretty rare I've thing. Heard that. Yeah, I, it, it's pretty hard to eat too much polar bear liver for the average person. So, but, but that was a weird case that I remember reading. Other than that, almost every time we talk about problems from too much of a nutrient, it's always a supplement. And, and one other thing you can use iodine, Lugol's iodine for is if you're like needing to purify some water, if you're in the mountains or wherever else. And yeah, you, yeah, you that's, have to drink some water. You yep. can actually use that a couple of droppers full of that to purify your water because it will kill I, the... I agree. The, uh, I am the microbes and I and, and the bacteria. Not in big there. on that, iodine that, supplements. That's another. If you believe you're deficient yeah, in iodine, so. we need to get it from food. Yeah, seafood or so, uh, even seaweed. Seaweed, seaweed snacks are that, excellent that, for this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so uh, 
one of the things I've, I've, I've taken testosterone shots now for a lot of years because I was really, really low in the two hundreds. And so I found, I've gone through three different doctors. So I found one that I'm really happy with and I take two shots a week. So one of the things that testosterone does do, and I learned this recently, it's the building block for your red blood cells. And because my, my testosterone and I get blood every two months. That's another thing I do because it, it helps with the hematocrit. It helps uh, get out the iron in the system. Uh, I do it more for me than uh, you're supposed to give blood to help other people. I believe it's giving blood is a thing you can do to help yourself more than anything else. So one of the things Gary Brecker talks about is that how if you're low on your blood, red blood cells, your red blood cells are the prime primary transport of oxygen at the cellular level. And people that wake up tired at night or have sleep apnea or whatever, they're basically starving themselves of oxygen at the cellular level. And one of the things you can do is, if you, it is you know, when you get low testosterone is your red blood cells tend to be lower than normal. Therefore, one of the, one of the side effects is not transport. And I'm beginning to think that, well, he's got a point there because since I've been doing this, I've never had oxygen sick or, or lack of oxygen sickness or, you know, altitude sickness at high levels when I'm doing my hiking. I never have. And it's like, you know, other people. So do. what is he so recommend? Those are just some points to consider. I, I, maybe I missed something. What's well, the. If you're, uh, well, well, Gary Brecker, well, Gary Brecker, for one, recommends that if you're low on testosterone, as other, some of the other, I mean, he's not a doctor, he's a human biologist, but, uh, there are doctors, and the doctor that I I use in Flagstaff, Doctor Brandon Chastain, who I've found off a podcast because I kept searching for like people who really, you know, he's really into the the literature, the science, the papers, the new and latest, greatest, or whatever. Because one of the things that a lot of these doctors do when they they give you testosterone is they want to push down the well, here, here's level. my question one of the, to anybody. Before we get into the weeds, hold on. Hold on. Before we get into the weeds on the details of this, I have a huge question. Big, bigger than everything else you're going to talk about in the details. Somebody has to tell me why I need a hormone shot. What is broken in me that needs fixed? Something's broken. My body, hormones are so important. My body should do this on its own. And, and yes, if these therapies help, okay. But do I have to do it the rest of my life? And it sounds like you do. Something is broken. Why aren't we figuring out what's broken fixing it? Well, I'm going to try to cross that path as I go through this. But, I mean... Well, is there when any approach to, uh, what, well, that's what I'm asking. Do any of these doctors address that? It doesn't sound like it to me. I just hear, well, you got to take these two shots every week and great. I'm getting results. I feel better, but that's not, that's not right. Tell me why, why I have to take these for the rest of my life. What is broken and why can't we fix it? Probably because my, probably because, probably because my diet was so shitty for most of my life that I've got well, shit but, wrong. But, but, so, but, you yeah, know. No, I, I'm not going to accept that. My diet was bad for 50 years too. And so are tens of other thousands of people I know that don't need hormone replacement. The diet fixed it. So that's all I'm asking. Do, the, do these doctors approach this? And talk about what is the real root cause. Because the root cause is not that you are short of testosterone. That's the symptom. So all they're doing is the same thing conventional doctors do. 
They're just helping you manage symptoms. And if it worked, great, but well, shit, so, you know, most people who take metformin and insulin will tell you it makes them feel much better, too. Heroin addicts will certainly tell you fent fentanyl fixes them right up. They feel amazing after a shot of fentanyl. But that, that's, I mean, we can that's go the, on with these examples like that on and on and on. But it's, I mean, that, there there is a segment, you know this, there's a segment that believes out there right now with, I mean, that believe that metformin will help with longevity. I, I, and right, but I don't your, believe your that. Blood sugar. I, I don't believe that. I don't okay, believe, you don't believe that, that but we need hormone shots. But but just logically, okay. logically, because, do just, you believe that you there's believe something wrong with mean, your body or not? Yeah, I think there is at the point that when it gets that critically low. I mean, because I think that the benefits outweigh the downside. That's my opinion. Well, and and like that's you have an your, opinion of things. Correct. I believe that. Correct. And, and you should keep doing it. To me, I have to stay consistent. If the body needs a pharmaceutical drug, something's broke. And we should work to fix it until we fix it. We should never stop trying to figure out what's broke. We shouldn't be happy. In my opinion, we should not be happy with needing a pharmaceutical or even a supplement. Even when we know you absolutely have to have this supplement to be healthy, I never stop trying to figure out how not to use that supplement. I mean, I mean, let's, 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 let's be honest with the supplements. I mean, when it comes down to the fact that glyphosate's in everything that we eat, and it's hard to get away glyphosate from it. Glyphosate is not in everything I eat. Just, is it tested? I, I don't need to. I could test it. I promise you there's no glyphosate in the food I'm, coming I'm out of my garden. Because, because, but, but because it, well, maybe not your garden, because, but, you know, when you, when you go to buy organics and, you know, that's I'm another I'm not talking about buying organics. organics. So I, 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 I've I, talked I, about the I fact that in, you know, organics can be contaminated. Can. But, okay, but it's like all it, it, the thing about Roundup is that when it's sprayed, it's, it, it drifts, it gets into the water supplies and all that. Maybe it's not in years, but it's in a lot out here. And one of the things that uh, glyphosate disrupts is your glycine uh, your your ability to process and use glycine, it's a disruptor of that. So, you know, glycine is very important to take because of that. So, you know, it's well, an amino course, acid. that's why we always talk take. about getting farther and farther away from all the conventional foods, the conventional drugs, being regenerative. Yeah, that that's why we talk about all this stuff. I'm not disagreeing with you that it's out there. I'm saying my goal is never to I give mean, up you, you, and say it's out there. So now I need a pharmaceutical. That's never going to be my approach. Okay, ever. The only, the, I, I don't, I, I think most pharmaceuticals are crap. I've read the books on them and all like that. I just happen to believe that while I guess testosterone now has been a pharmaceutical and it wasn't until, you know, the, the athletes started abusing it, then they started regulating it for whatever reason. But it, it used to not be that way. And also a lot of stuff, but you know, the government gets involved and just shit gets ruined. But, uh, I mean, you do the best you can with the decisions and the things things you have. I mean, you know, just you, you try to eat. I, I mean, agree. Here's, here's I agree. Here's thing, why but, I push back I mean, so hard just, and why you you're getting frustrated with me, because I can hear it. And I want you to understand why I push well, back I'm, so I'm not hard. Not really, on this. because you're up. I, you're entitled to your own opinion to. to well, on, uh, and on I, I, I this you show, do this, but that's OK. It's yeah, I think it's, on I think this it's show a discussion that needs to be had. Well, yeah, and we're having it. I didn't cut you off. 
I didn't yeah. hang up on you and, and only no, allow I'm, my point. No. But I'm making clear our approach. We will never compromise on this. Never. Okay, that's fine. I mean, I, I feel like in my life there's a few things I do have to compromise on, and I try to well, be as well, pure that, as possible. But Of course. Know, it, uh, my wife has to it, take a pharmaceutical yeah. drug. She has to. And there, she and had an autoimmune yeah, condition yeah, that I mean, damaged it, an organ. And she needs to, yeah. she needs a pharmaceutical, but we did find a supplement. We, I worked, I asked every person I could think of, and eventually we found a supplement. It's actually a drug in Europe, but it's a natural supplement. Yeah. So it's sold here as a supplement. I've talked about it. Tudka. Well, the, the Tudka almost, almost worked as good as the pharmaceutical she has to take. Her numbers did climb a little bit during the test, and we didn't want that. With the pharmaceutical, we're able to keep, and diet, we're able to keep her numbers way lower than any doctor ever said was possible. Even with the supplement only, we kept numbers lower than the doctors say is possible, but they climbed a little bit. And this pharmaceutical isn't made in a laboratory, it's bare bile. So even the pharmaceutical drug is technically not a lab-made drug. It, it, we're ju- we just take bile from a bear, and, and that becomes the drug. But we did find a supplement. There's, there is another way we could go, and that, that is what I mean on this. I, I will not compromise on the idea that on this show, it's not that I, um, I, I told you, if you're getting results from this and you're happy with it, you should keep doing it. But on this show, the answer will always be, we're going to find the well, root cause. And I know you're against this because we talked about it before or whatever, but there, I was listening to Dr. Mark Hyman podcast, and he was, he was going on about the, the Grail test, which is this blood test you can take. And again, it's a blood test. It's not like a, a mammogram or anything like that. And it looks for certain biomarkers in the DNA, because he explained it really well about the Grail test is looking for certain types of cancers, which by the time they're normally diagnosed, it's like it's over with. So it's, it's a blood test that you can look for certain abnormal abnormalities in the, in the DNA that start off years before you get full-blown cancer. So I haven't done it. I've thought about doing it, but I think that the number one way to prevent cancer is to prevent it and keep your mitochondria healthy because one of the things that kills people before the cancer kills people, and, and you'll, she'll talk about that in that book, is uh, the, the, how it just destroys the immune system, which is what, you know, the shots destroy the immune system, which, you know, it's bad enough on the immune system when you go in for, the, for standard cancer treatment. And, and, and I think standard cancer treatment is highly unethical when you just look at it and you look at everything and how it's still barbaric from years ago. But the, the number one way... I think is to try to is to be active, you know, watch your be not be meta be as metabolically healthy as possible, and that goes a long way in preventing the the number one killers out there, which are heart disease and and cancer. Oh, of course, me, there's medical screw ups where they make where they make a mistake. Oops, we killed you, you know. So I mean, that's that, right up there with all that too. So I agree on know, cancers anyway. that. Uh, Better screening methods uh, rather than a colonoscopy. These are, just, these are new cutting edge. I mean, no, Tony, I, I, Tony I, the Robbins talks about it too. Well, let me, since you threw that name out there, 
I got to do it. Um, I think people know I'm a pretty big Tony Robbins fan. I started listening yeah. and reading his stuff when I was in my early 20s. I've been to multiple seminars. I paid $25,000 for a round of seminars with, with Tony Robbins. I, I credit a lot of what I know and my success to Tony Robbins. But I have also said over the years, the guy has got a huge blind spot when it comes to health. And he has partnered with some really, really shady companies over the years and people, and he has put out some horrible health advice. So I have a hard time. I hope he's an intelligent man. I hope at some point he gets on a health kick that really makes sense because he was the reason I was a vegetarian. He was absolutely the reason. The only reason I ever tried being a vegetarian was because of Tony Robbins. And it was a horrible disaster. I think everybody, I, I think it, for one I, reason or another, everybody that's been on this we, journey has been a we tried, here right. and there. But he went down the path of oh, the, every, green, I mean, the green thought, drinks. He went down. He has been down some of the worst health paths. And I don't get it. I, 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 the guy's intelligent. Well, it's, he's, it's, but, it sounds like, I know, I, it, it sounds like he's, you know, we're all kind of normal in that fact that we've all gone down these rabbit holes. And a lot of these rabbit holes, we've all gone down. I mean, I went down the juice and rabbit hole at one point. So, well, he hasn't stopped know. yet. I, uh, I haven't I just, seen him really well, embrace anything that we know works. He, he keeps going down these weird it, and it's it's always some third party company that gets a hold of him and must convince him of this stuff. But I, I've just watched him give some really bad medical advice over the years. Yeah. Well, now, I, now I've his financial advice. And I've gotten through oh, half of- it's it is yeah. as good as it gets. There, there. His books, his ideas, what he's preached on money management for years and retirement. It, it's top notch. You know, his stuff on on relationship building and, and mindset. And, I mean, it, it's so good. And I don't know how he well, keeps getting so... Perfect. Oh, exactly. But what that tells me is I'll yeah. listen to him for all the other stuff, but I'm just completely ignoring this guy on health. Well, I think there's just, when you get down to it, uh, if you just if you try if, if you can do nothing else if you just avoid sugar grains and, and seed oils you'll be way ahead of the crowd. That, that's what we talk about the stuff Which, that's absolutely proven. We get know, results I, from and it. And I know you were talking about you eat pork a lot and all like that, but you you pretty much I know you get your your pork from certain <laughs> properly fed places and I mean pork is so cheap that they throw it in everything and so I'm to the point now if I could just find beef or whatever or you know that's out there you know and I'm going to go back to Paleo Valley and just buy a bunch of their meat sticks and all because it's a really clean product and all you can sit out here and eat on that because you know it, it's like I I the believe the problem with pork is Mercola and everybody everybody gets into it the Saladino and all that they're talking about the oversaturation of the pro- improperly and they, the chicken is the worst is, is the linoleic acid overload you get in these products out there. So, we can talk you know, about these, that all day. Foods. But what do I always come back to? Results. Results. I eat a lot right. of chicken and a lot of pork. It's all really clean. It's heritage well, I mean, breeds that are raised properly. I know what an overload of ALA looks like. I don't have it. I have zero symptoms of that. 
Yeah, but that's I think what that's one of the the, the reasons that a lot of people out here is now it, and you don't hear the mainstream people and you never will talk about it is that there's a there's a quite interesting uh, I think the guy might be a doctor or whatever he's on Twitter he's called Seed Oil Disrespector and his philosophy is that seed oils are pretty much at the root of everything out there. They're worse than sugar and that because they're so disruptive in the system at the cellular level. So you can take it for whatever it's worth. But, it's, but it's what do seed oils have to do with me eating pork or chicken that's a heritage breed raised properly? It has nothing to do oh. with you eating that. It's a comment to the fact that most of the people out here in the, in the world don't eat heritage, you know, don't even know who well, it is. Well, of course, so. most people eat the standard American diet. We tell them not to do that. We try to give people the best information. Well, they don't listen. The nobody, nobody, nobody listens to, because, yeah, you can give people information until they're blue in the face. It doesn't mean they're going to, you know, it's, they're not going to make that. We talked about that in cha- changes in anything. It's like people don't want to change. So it, if people it, don't want to change... You know, I go so, on Facebook uh, here, every day here's and I what I'll go back to people that and no, I, nobody listens to it. I focus on what I can control. I can't control another human being listening yeah. or not. I can control what comes out of my mouth and I won't compromise on it. And I won't take the approach. Well, I mean, nobody listens my, to this, so I'm going to stop saying it. I'm not going to stop saying it. We should. Why would we say don't eat pork because it's raised well, poorly? Listen, the, well, the people, we also said don't eat beef well, don't, if it's raised poorly. So why is a pig any different? Of course, we want it well, to be it, the right breed. We want it to be raised well, properly. Honestly, if I have a choice, reason, I'm going to eat wild boar. Reason, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you the reason why an improperly raised pig is different from an improperly raised beef. No, I, you don't have to tell me. I know all the details. I've read all those reports, too. But the concept you know it, is the I, same. You, As you know human it, so beings. Right. I mean. That doesn't change anything. As human beings, we can eat virtually every animal on the planet. We can eat 99% of the animals on the planet. We can eat 1% of the plants on the planet. That should tell us something. We are made to eat anything that has a face. So to say you shouldn't eat pork or chicken to me is a compromise. Of course I should eat it, but I should eat it the right way, just well, like we say I you should eat the right that. beef and the right eggs. It, and But you keep saying, yes, you eat the right, but not everybody can do that, or everybody okay, doesn't do let that. let me remove the remove, every thing I say, remove the word you. So it's just a habit of saying you. It's like, you know, we're just having a conversation or whatever. But, so but I guess the I point should remove the word is, you before I say something. But the point is... Just because it's harder to find pigs raised properly or chickens or to, to say, to even have the approach, well, we shouldn't eat them. No, I don't like that approach. I eat ducks and, and snakes and hell, I'll eat just about anything that has a face. And I believe it's all healthy for us. Um, when did you last eat a snake? 2009. I can tell you where I ate it, too. Okay. It was at the Fort Restaurant just outside of Denver. I had uh, rattlesnake cakes. You have Rocky Mountain oysters too? Yeah, absolutely. I used to go to that restaurant that just restaurant, because it has all the crazy big game stuff. You can eat all kinds of animals. I, one night I I, there, there's, I think I ate seven I different a, animals. I believe there's a restaurant in Miami that serves lion. I'm not, I'm not for sure about that. It might be. That so, again, yeah. I know I can get I, kind I of overbearing. But I believe we in the functional medicine system have to be overbearing. 
we have to fight back really hard because of all the, the pushback we're getting. So I just have taken the approach. I don't compromise on any of this. I'm going to tell people the truth, whether they can use it or not. Most people will listen to you. I'm not saying the people that listen to the show here, but if you're just talking to people in general in the world, most people will just think, I can't do that. They'll always say that I can't do that or I have to do this or whatever. I just, you know, I, I, I'll tell you a good, a I talked to the 1%. My, my rant and my rant and raving about different things here and there. A couple of years ago, my daughter came to me and she goes, I want to try keto. So I bought her a couple of books. I got a Jimmy Morris book and that, with that, that chick that wrote the book, don't eat the yolks. I gave her those books to read these. And so she just started eating one meal a day and just started eating. You cut out the carbs and, uh, uh the, the grains and she was she lost a lot of weight and she was really happy she kept saying that i keep having to buy new clothes or whatever but she didn't you know she didn't listen to me when i kept telling her about it she's like i'll do what i want to do she had to finally come to the realization and come to me so which i think is with most people they have to you know finally see the light you have to get to the you know it's like me and drinking it just got to the point where i had to, i woke up one morning and i said i'm done with this the best decision i ever made and people now say oh you're a teetotaler yeah yeah we discount you because you don't drink or whatever and i was like well i know where i'm at and i know what i'm doing so you know it doesn't well, you know whether you go ahead and drink all you want to drink it's just it's very uh it's very disruptive to the system so yeah you know, which is uh, that's the same kind of approach we take you know and, and i tell people i didn't give up drinking completely Still enjoy a glass of wine once and in a don't, while. Don't quote me on this, um, but when you read that book, Astro Genera- Astro Generation, I believe in there he talks about how smoking marijuana, it's the smoke or whatever from that, or maybe it's something in it that, that's got estrogenic effects on the body in, in that. So there's a lot of so, stuff in that book. That book it, probably is, that book right so there let's is probably talk one about of the that. better books you're going to read. Because Let, it, let's talk about that specifically, because I, I, I have an opinion on that. Imagine that. Um, again, we can look at lots and lots of research and I'm sure there's research out there that shows some sort of estrogenic effect from cannabis smoke, but I can also look at the fact that all of it was done on people eating the standard American diet. And then I can look at my results. Mm -hmm. I smoke cannabis quite often. Uh, here's another issue. Where did they get the cannabis they tested? Because most cannabis is so horribly grown, it's almost all it's almost all grown indoors, with no natural sunlight, all kinds of fertilizers and chemicals to get things to grow and get bigger buds. So we have to look at the source, just like we look at the source of everything else. The cannabis I smoke every night is well beyond organic. It's regenerative. It's as clean as you're going to get. Maybe that's the difference. I don't know, but I'll tell you this. My, I, my I, testosterone levels at 60 years old would make, make most 18-year-olds envious. So why would I worry that there's something in cannabis smoke that's estrogenic? I, maybe it's the atrazine. I have no idea. So because that's used, that's, that's used so, so, so much right. in, in, in society. I mean, they banned it in the, Europe. Yeah, you so know, it was it, banned it, over there, and the EU, the EU got rid of it. So it, it's kind of crazy. I know a lot of people who eat super clean. They are so fanatical about their food, and they should be. I love that. But then they will buy cannabis, never look to see what the source was, have no clue how it's raised, <laughs> and they don't even think about it. 
I, I, I don't get that. It, and it, same, once you learn same, about the, the cannabis people. industry, the, the, the stuff you're buying in it, these dispensaries is all grown indoors, and it's awful. The same, the same people will get on these keto boards and all on social media and start asking, well, what kind of drink with that? I don't want to give up drinking. I want to eat clean. And I'll right, eat clean, but right. then they'll be like, no, you know, I know. They'll sit there and guzzle vodka. I mean, I did that. I drank, I drank on all of that, and it's yeah. like my carbon count was low enough. But then I got to the point where I'm like, you know, if I want to live to be an old man or whatever, this has got to go. So, it, it, it and, went. and here's you know, the other and I thing just, we I walked away from it. We have to address. I've talked about it many, many times. Receptor cells in our body are important. A lot of functions depend on receptor cells of some kind. We have more. A lot of those are clogged. We have more cannabinoid receptor sites in our body than any other type of receptor. Why? Why do we have all these receptors in all? It's all through our digestive system. They're in our brain. They're in our immune system. They're everywhere. Why do we have these cannabis receptor sites? The best explanation yeah, I've heard, two reasons. I have no idea. I, the be, I, I, I'm speculating based on what I've found, but there's not a lot of research. The best I've found is, one, our body makes its own cannabinoids. That's kind of important um, because, you know, our body makes cholesterol too, but we know if we eat more cholesterol, it's good for us. So maybe our body does have cannabinoid receptor sites and maybe extra cannabinoids might be good for us. And then I go back to, well, where did, would, would, would we have gotten these as hunter-gatherers? I mean, cannabis wasn't a common thing, um, but hemp was. Hemp was very common. Cattle ate it. We ate the cattle. We used hemp for all kinds of things. And then it was outlawed along with cannabis. We used to grow tons of hemp in this country. The founders, Jefferson, grew it. It was a big, big deal. And then we outlawed it. So we took something out of the natural order of things and we banned it. You got to think about that. And we have an awful lot of cannabinoid receptors yeah, in our anytime, body. Anytime government gets involved, it's like everything goes Correct. to shit. Correct. Or somebody wants, somebody thinks that, you know, that, you know that's the same thing with the, the pharmaceutical companies. It's like... You know, anything you find, even the rep anything from the repurposed drugs to whatever that they, they work, they find they 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 create something and they figure out well, it works for this and it works for that because it wasn't what it intended for to do, and then it's like because it's the, the patents run out and they can make it generic, which is a whole other well, rabbit hole and, through, and the, through India and China because you need to the, read the bottle in the genie too. I've told you the, that before. Um, uh, the bottle was it the generic was it bottle of Bottle of Lies, the generic pharmacy uh, by, uh, uh, I can't think of her name right now. It's called Bottle of Lies. It's about the generic and how, how screwed up and how, how, how of course. it's just even though they find something that could work, it's like when they flew out for generic, it's like the Indians just totally bastardized the system because of this dishonesty and, I don't know, it's a big rabbit yeah, hole. And, Everything's a rabbit hole these days. Pharmaceutical companies do not want to pursue much around cannabis and CBD because they can't make any money natural. off of it. I can grow it so Same easy myself. C. Right. Same way with vitamin C, exactly. vitamin D, right. just things that are natural and all like that. It doesn't, I mean, it's just... They can't make they, any they, money they, off you know, of they it. Wanna, you know, that's what, that, 
So they don't well, care if it works they, or not. That's why they're after lab. Lab. That's why. That's why they're after lab-grown meat. And yes. What possibly could go wrong with lab-grown meat? <laughs> and now three so, D printed meat. I mean, yeah, it's awful. Yeah. However, that works. Yeah. Yeah. That's a yeah. Shame. I, well, just you know. All right. I, you know, I stopped at a place coming out of Brenham and had a had a half a pound of. Uh, brisket i think it was grass-fed for breakfast because it's a place that actually they have a sign up there that says it's grass-fed tom brenham texas so yeah i kind of remembered that for years i just happened to pass yeah. by it this morning so all right but, mark I'm but, gonna, you know, it's just you know thanks for being a good right, sport i, I beat hard. up on you pretty hard it wasn't too bad <laughs> <laughs> well thank you i appreciate it um all good points too <laughs> Uh, Lauren, I'm just kind of a stickler on that. I, I made the decision where it was just, we're not compromising <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> on these things. Yeah. Yeah. I know. And I wasn't going to get into it with you guys. You guys were <laughs> on a roll. <laughs> a gluten-free roll. Oh, goodness. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, let me it's see uh, my notes. Did I not get to anything today? Um I think I got to everything. Anything you want to talk about that we didn't cover? Um, no, not that we didn't cover. I, you know, I was, you know, just mentioned that uh, that three D oh. thing that really oh. bothered me. <laughs> you know, here's we we took one of the most nutritious foods on the planet. There is an abundant <laughs> supply of it. You know, I I live right smack in the middle of this world i could walk to probably four different salmon hatcheries right now right from my house they're everywhere yeah. here. now these are not farms hatcheries and farms are two very different things i believe in the hatchery model because we did overfish salmon for a long time and we put way too much pressure mm -hmm. on the natural salmon and i believe in the hatchery model the difference is you're taking natural salmon. Have you ever watched this process? How they fertilize the eggs at these at these hatcheries? No. Oh, it's it's no. it's kind of brutal. I looked at that and I thought, boy, we couldn't come up with a better way than this. So they take a female that they can see is loaded with eggs, they slice the belly open, they dump all the eggs out into a bucket, and then they go grab a male. And they do something back there and squeeze stuff, and they squeeze out the sperm into the bucket. What? Yeah. I don't know if all hatcheries work that way, but the, the ones that I've been to and the ones that I've seen, that's how it's done. Wow. Yeah, I've never heard of that. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's kind of bizarre. It's, uh, it's Like I said, it almost seems a little brutal, but uh, it seems to be the way it's done. But... <laughs> So they hatched the fish. It was two natural parents. There's nothing weird about any of these fish. It's a pretty natural process. They're fertilizing a bunch of eggs. Um, when the fish are very, very tiny, they're released out into the wild. They're never really raised in, you know, farm conditions. That farmed salmon is now become one of the most toxic foods in our food supply. Isn't that Ugh, sad? It's disgusting. It, it is. is so gross. It is. It's I would awful. never I just I just don't absolutely say no at all costs. Yep. I just can't even fathom nope, the I, thought. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Pretty gross. Yeah. Um but with the hatchery model, we have a virtually endless supply of a really highly nutritious and, and I think delicious food. 
and yet we're going to try 3D printing it. Or we also now, there is genetically modified salmon in our food supply now. Yep. And they don't have to label it. Wild. They don't have to tell you it was genetically modified. They don't? Nope. Oh, my God. No, you're going to be, you'll, you, you, there is, is salmon being sold in supermarkets right now that's genetically modified, and there's no indication of it at all. There's a way to oh know, there is a way to know that your salmon is not genetically modified, though. It has wild. to be Pacific huh? wild salmon, yeah. Pacific wild salmon. Okay. That, it, that can't ever be genetic. It can't be farm-raised either. Mm-hmm. Good. Pacific salmon, Good they, you, you can't farm-raise them. It just doesn't work. So Pacific salmon, as far as I know, and it, unless somebody's come up with something weird just recently, uh, it's never farmed. Wow. Well, there you go. Good yeah. to know. Very important. Yes. It is. All right. I have got a, uh, things are about to get really crazy for me. Um, our trip has changed again. <laughs> again? <sighs> again. Um, we have way too much going on in the company. New products, new projects we need to finish. Uh, obviously, the mm -hmm. property is a big, big issue for Lisa and I in our time. Uh, so, oh, yeah. uh, Lisa's not going. I'm going to be doing this trip solo. And it's going to be a mad dash. Uh, I'm going to leave myself a little extra time to get there. Um, I could do the trip there in three and a half or four days, pushing it. But I, I, if something goes wrong, so I, I'm going to leave myself a little bit extra time to get there. I'm going to do the event. I actually had two invitations after the event that I'm going to cancel, and I'm heading straight back. So it's changing. Wow. Yeah. Um, I have to pick up the coach Friday, finally. It's been in the shop almost wow. a year. Can you believe that? Wow. I think I took it in at the so end of last November. Oh, my God. I know. So I, I get that out Friday. Um, we already booked an RV park right there in Eugene, 10 minutes away from the shop, because I got to go over and hook things up, make sure all the hookups work right. We'll spend one night there hooked up uh, to test all that. Uh, and then I'll bring it home and probably live and work out of it for a couple of days to get the show set up and get it ready to go for the trip. But uh, the trip is going to be a mad dash now. Yeah, it sounds like it. <laughs> so, <sighs> yeah, I uh, and now I need to go. Uh, I have I have nine ladies waiting on me. Yeah, you do. That's so uh, exciting. Uh, I'm hoping my door opened. They might still be stuck in the coop. Um, if the door opened, then they can get out into their pen, and then I'll open up the pen when I get there. Um, and if the door didn't open, then I have to go back uh -huh. to experimenting. So this door, I, th I knew he built this himself, but I thought that he probably found some sort of plans online because I've seen all kinds of things online for automating coops. And um, everything I find online, though, requires power, requires electricity. I cannot find yeah. an example of this system he built. I think this may be his own original idea. Part of the problem now is they moved up to Coeur d'Alene and they don't have any mm -hmm. phone service where they are. So I text him questions <laughs> and I get an answer back three days later when he gets somewhere with a signal. Uh, it, I, this, this system works on water. There's water. There's two tubes, two long PVC tubes 
next to the door, kind of frames the coop door. And there's all kinds of cables attached to them. And something happens with the water and atmospheric pressure. So I guess at sunrise and sunset, the atmospheric pressure changes. I don't, I don't even understand most of this stuff. And somehow that forces the water up like a piston and opens and closes the door. Okay. But I don't cool. understand cool. it enough yet. To, so all I'm doing now is like tweaking because the system's actually pretty old. A lot of the hardware on it's old. There's a couple of springs um, in both directions that help the door a little bit. And those springs were really old and um, they didn't look very effective. There's a lot of pulleys and, the, you know, I cleaned them all up and put silicone on everything. And so everything's working easier now. But then there are two water valves that you adjust, I guess, throughout the year. With the seasonal changes, then you have to adjust this. And we're going through a big seasonal change right now, and the door stopped working. It would start to open and then stop. It would start to close and then stop. So I, I just I go figure it out. I'm hoping that everything I did yesterday uh, fixed it, and it'll be open when I get there. Yeah, I hope so, too, for you, yeah. for your sake. Yeah, and then after that, I got to wow, tackle this a, irrigation system. Yeah, learning curve. Yeah, I, speaking of the irrigation system, the other thing that he did around the property that was so cool, and I would have never thought about this, uh, like there is irrigation everywhere. I, it's just I can't even imagine how complicated it's got to be. Um, you can't see any of it. It's all buried, but it's just knowing how much is there. There's multiple timers and valves and all kinds of crazy stuff. But the other cool thing that he did, all over the gardens, there are water fountains for drinking. Oh, for drinking? For drinking. Like a regular water cool. fountain that you walk up to with the valve and you take a drink. No I would have never thought about that, but it's so simple because when I'm out there, I carry a big thing of water with me all the time and I drink the whole time I'm out there and I'm always looking for my water. Where did I set my water down? So I'm always wandering around looking for it. And he said it was the same way. And he said, I have all this water piped all over the property. Why not put in fountains? Yeah. And the water is so good. It's well water. It's so damn oh, good. So great. It's not hard at all. A lot of well water can be really hard. This isn't hard or minerally tasting. It, it tastes good and it just tastes clean. I'm going to get it tested. Mm. I want to know, you know as much as I can about it. But I, I'm pretty sure the, the test will be good. I don't see how it couldn't be. Yeah. I'd be interested to know. I just listened to a podcast about water recently. It's so fascinating. It is. It is. I know. So I, There's I mean, so much involved. <laughs> yeah, I know. I mean, structured water. Did they talk about that at all? Yeah. Isn't yeah, that the, bizarre? The water system, it is. Well, the water system that I was listening to the podcast specifically about, they actually have a section where the water goes through crystals and the way that it sits in there for how long it does, it restructures the water. It, it was like mind blowing. It was really a good podcast on it. Yeah. You know, the interesting thing was when I heard the whole idea of structured water and machines that can do it, my whole point was, oh, here we go again. You know, why do we need these machines? Mm -hmm. Where is this natural? And it turns out structured water is naturally occurring if we eat plants with water. Yeah. The water is structured. So that 
might be the reason we should have some plants in our diet. Yeah, I I agree. Yeah. It might be nothing more I than mean, the structured water. Maybe we don't really need these plants for their minerals or vitamins, which are are inferior to the animal versions. We know that. Um, then they say, well, we need it because the phytonutrients and animals don't have those. That, that might be true, too. I get some of that. Maybe a lot of it just is the structured water. Maybe it is. I, I haven't actually thought about that. I wonder if the minerals play a part in the structuring Maybe. of the water. Yeah. Yeah. Who knows? I wouldn't it, really be surprised. The one thing we have to remember, there's still a lot we don't know. We, we, we should not get arrogant about any of this stuff. I agree. <laughs> we should just be humble and keep agree. an open mind. And you'll hear me jump up and down on the desk and scream at people and go, no, it's like this. It's like this. And, and maybe it is, but maybe it's not. Yeah. So, Interesting. yeah, I try to keep an open mind. But again, I, I approach everything as yeah. if you, you tell me something, I'm going to work as hard as I can to prove that it's wrong. Yeah, that's a that's a good strategy. I I love to dive into things, you know, different theories that people have just cuz like you said, you know, we don't know it all and you really do have to keep an open mind because things are constantly changing. What we've learned may, you know, we may find, you know, something new 10 years from now could be different. It could be days from now it could be different. So, you just have to stay open and that's where the issue comes in with um, the medical industry, in my opinion, is that a lot of these people are not doing the proper continuing education Correct. and, you know, looking at the new data that's coming out as opposed to just what, you know, continuing education that that is mandated. You have to go out and find it yourself. Yeah, that's a good you point. To. Here's the other thing. Medical professionals should be doing their own research, not having research supplied to them. Exactly. Agreed. And that's Precisely. where they've really fallen down. They depend on the yep. pharmaceutical companies to bring them the research. That is such a huge mistake. Huge. Yeah. <laughs> There's a conflict of interest. Yeah. Yeah. You, and, can't, you and, cannot... It just doesn't make sense. <laughs> the, the, the best example of this, if people want to understand it without reading a ton of really boring research, and I've talked about this before, watch the movie Dope Sick and pay attention. Like, don't just watch it for entertainment. Yeah. Pay attention. And you will see, if you're really watching in that movie, you will see the amount of ridiculous control that the pharmaceutical companies had over doctors. Yeah, you're right. That was a great recommendation, by the way, that series. I really enjoyed watching that. You know, I mean, it made me sick in my stomach to uh, watch, but uh, it was important to watch. Uh, you know I think the, everyone should watch that. You know the saddest part about the whole movie? The whole movie was sad because it really pointed out how bad this oh, yeah. is, and it, it just continues to get worse. The saddest point in the movie for me was when the young girl died. Yes. The night I before know. the doctor was going to take her. Yep. And she overdosed. Oh. I know. That's just awful. But I mean, there you are know, you know the other thing we heard, like I know, we heard on a call today, and I didn't get a chance to mention it. I am shocked at how the common fentanyl? fentanyl use has become in hospitals. It's I like know. their go-to now. I agree. And you know what I think it is? 
I think it's because it's so potent and cheap. Oh, yeah. I, I think that's totally the only agree. reason. It's it's crazy potent yep. and dirt cheap. Mm-hmm. You're right. You're they're, absolutely they're right using about that. fentanyl for almost everything you go in for now. Wow. If you go in for any kind of procedure that deals with any kind of pain, or if you're in pain, fentanyl seems to be the go-to all of a sudden. Yep. Maybe. Gosh, isn't that so sad? Boy, you want me to go down a deep rabbit hole? Yeah. Please. <laughs> Maybe it's why. After, look, I did not agree with us being in Afghanistan to begin with. We we should have never been there. We're not the world's police. We shouldn't be stationing our mm-hmm. young people all over the world so they can get shot and blown up. It's not doing any good. Mm-hmm. But after 20 years plus of being in Afghanistan, why did we pull out so suddenly? Could yeah, that's it, a good question. What is Afghanistan's number one export? Opium. Is it, is it still opium? They, really? They, well, no, probably not anymore. That's my point. It was for years because opium mm-hmm. poppies were used to make heroin and, and opium and all the derivatives. That's where almost all yeah, of it yeah. came from was Afghanistan. So there was an economic reason to be there. Now, mm-hmm. did, did the U.S. government have anything to do with that? Well, maybe. They certainly had a lot to do with the cocaine trade in the 80s. We know the CIA was doing it. So maybe mm-hmm. we pulled out of Afghanistan because that opium just isn't very valuable anymore because we have fentanyl. Interesting. I definitely wouldn't have thought about that. Huh. Something to think about. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody's doing heroin oh, anymore. <laughs> no, they're really not. Fentanyl is so they're cheap. Not. And if they are, this is something to think about. This is why it's become so dangerous. Fentanyl has become so cheap, they're yeah. now cutting cocaine and crack and methamphetamine with fentanyl because it's cheap. Yep. So now people You're who right. think they're getting a, an amphetamine an upper low, like cocaine or methamphetamine are getting a shot of fentanyl with it and it's killing people. Yeah, I know. Unfortunately, I know people who it's happened to. I know way too many. (sighs) Yeah, I know I have way, way too many people I know personally that either ended up in prison or six feet under because of fentanyl or opioids in general. Yeah. And, yeah, it's really sad. And and for most of human existence, we just dealt with pain. Doesn't kill anybody. No, it, it's it, there's a reason why we have pain. Yeah, it's telling us that there's something not and, right. And, and look, I, I'm a baby when it comes to pain. I'll admit it. I'll take the shot too. Give me something, man. I, I hate being in pain, <laughs> but we have to realize there are some huge downsides to that. And, and we're seeing them now. Yeah, agreed. There's a huge risk. Yeah. All right. I think we should probably wrap this up for today. We're right at the three-hour mark. Oh, perfect timing. But, yeah. Kevin, I just wanted to say that today is was the last show for me for a bit. Oh, um, I got to fly because, solo for um, a while? You're going to have to fly solo for a while. <laughs> I was 
I was just joking with, you know, with Ryan, my husband. I was like, maybe I'll just call in every so often. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you should. You should. When you're feeling like it, you have a couple minutes, you should. We'd love to hear the updates. Yes, definitely. But we do want you to go um, focus on this baby. Yes, definitely. Especially right now (laughs) where uh, it needs a little extra attention right now. Yeah, you you go do whatever you've got to do. Yeah, I know. So and enjoy it. Um, I will be back. I will. Yes. I I know. I will. It's been a long time since I have had like so much time off. So it's going to be very interesting. Yeah, enjoy. But, it. Um, but I'm sure it will. Be, yeah, it'll be a life changing, life altering. I should say. There you experience, go. And I absolutely plan plan on enjoying it. So thank you. Good. Good. All right. So yes, check in once in a while. I will for sure. All right. We will. Talk to you again soon. Take care. And uh, we'll talk to everybody else tomorrow. Uh, it's just a free-for-all tomorrow. Nothing strange going on. Oh, you know what? I think I said there was going to be a space today. There's not. I can't. I just have way too much to get done the rest of the day. I got to get back to figuring out what I'm going to do with spaces. They may just have to go away for a little mm. while. I just don't, yeah, you uh, just don't have on. the time right now. So no space today. I was really thinking I was going to do all the spaces this week, but um, I'm running out of time. Too much going on. Um, All right. We will see you back here tomorrow. Be safe. Be profitable. Be fit and healthy. Always do the hard work and master the journey.